0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, where it's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ, Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Kids, how we doing?
4: Doing good. How good. about you this morning?
3: I'm doing well. Good to Refreshed. be back with you guys. Yeah, i Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, it was. A, it wound up being an absolutely perfect day for golf yesterday at the Aussie Smith PGA Reach Tournament out of St. Albans, and when we started... I thought it was going to be really cold, but it wound up being a perfect day for golf. Thank you too for filling in so perfectly on the show. I understand everything went swimmingly. day. we had, yeah. a great day. Good.
4: We had,
5: had CD had good. Round. Yeah, he came
4: right.
3: in and surprised us, and
5: oh yeah, that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah,
4: that's
5: so
3: cool. And the fact
4: that he got up so early. Yes. Yesterday morning too, he was mm-hmm. there Impressive. like right at, at seven. Yeah, it that's was great. it was great. Yeah. yeah.
3: And you are like uh, uh 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 you've got a new style now. Yes. Is, okay.
5: Yeah, I I got some some gear. Uh, from from Sam and uh you know it was very it was very nice very thoughtful uh and and you know him working at the, working at with uh, John, and, and so it's, um, I'm excited about it. It was a great time. Great to see him here. Like I said, it was such a surprise. I was, we, we were doing the show, and Rock <laughs> stepped outside mm-hmm. for about three minutes. So, you know, in radio time, you're like, oh, <laughs> this <laughs> was like 30. I'm trying, to, yeah. I'm trying to go to the next segment, and I'm like, Matthew Rockio isn't here. We have audio that needs to be played, and I'm just kind of looking over my shoulder, like, when is this guy gonna <laughs> get back in here? And then Brooke brought it in, so I was I'm like, gonna go, oh, I'm that's gonna post what he's doing.
6: the video later. But there's about three times where Carrie looks over his shoulder and when he looks back at the camera, the look in his eyes is pure like, I'm gonna I'm gonna strangle this kid when he gets back in here. And then all of a sudden Sam walks in and he's like, Ah
4: Oh,
3: <laughs> had no clue what was doing. We were yeah.
4: nervous because we were trying to plan it out perfectly because before CD get, got in yesterday, we were talking about it and it was like, Okay, well we gotta still hit blues mm-hmm. and obviously everything with baseball playoffs. And so I was like in my head, I'm like timing it out. I'm like, uh Okay. And then I could see CD getting antsy. I was like, Okay, we gotta get this going, we gotta wrap up our thoughts on this and then toss yeah, right no to clue. it. It was perfect. It
3: was
5: pretty awesome.
3: You can text us all day long on the Ear Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six. Three one four three nine nine. 399 ho And, of course, you can watch us on our Air Alliance team studio cam. Just go to YouTube and type in 101 ESPN STL. One thing we have learned early in the season, and, Carrie, when you played, I think a lot more teams had good offensive lines. There's a lot of bad offensive lines in the NFL right now. Yeah. And it's interesting to look look at the teams. For example, the Chargers have a really bad offensive line. And that is one of the reasons that Justin Herbert isn't performing to the level that you would expect him to perform to. But he's not the only one. Dallas has pretty good offensive linemen, but they're they're in and uh, Dallas does come away with a 2017 victory last night, and it, it's hard sometimes to put a game on somebody or a group of people. I'm going to put that game on the Chargers' offensive line. They just didn't give their running back an opportunity to run or their quarterback an opportunity to throw. Offensive
5: line play has declined, I would say, in the last five to ten years, and it starts in college because most of the colleges no longer run pro-style offense. They run RPOs. They run pass options. So offensive linemen don't have to learn how to pass block necessarily. They don't have to learn how to actually run game block and do all of the things, the nuanced things that you do once you get to the NFL. So they're not taught that. So now they're behind the eight ball when they get to the NFL. And, you know, you got to win games in the NFL as well. So you got to figure out ways to kind of patchwork your offensive line and make sure that they can do the things possible to get your quarterback to make those timely throws or create holes for the running backs.
4: Yeah, and I feel like you really are seeing that right now. Is this also becoming the season of defenses? Because it feels like defenses are really shining more Mm -hmm. this year in the NFL than you were expecting some of the quarterbacks to. And it does go back to the O-line, but you saw at the end there, the final two minutes, I mean, the Cowboys' defense came up huge.
5: Defense is always, especially earlier, in the season. I know we're week six going into week seven now, but earlier in the season, defense is always ahead of the game than the offense. It takes offense. Defense, just find ball, get ball. That's that's, that's, that's what it is. The defensive playbook is one page. It's like what
3: cheater? Yeah. In crayon, find ball, get ball, and that's it. Oh, no. It doesn't matter how you align.
5: You just find ball,
6: get ball, and then they say, ready, break. And they go.
5: That's all they do. So offense, we got a little bit more nuances that we have to and more complicated two. playbook. Yeah, a little bit more. We got a little
3: more thing. a few more things to do. So the Cowboys <laughs> win it over the Chargers last night by a score of twenty to seventeen. Meanwhile, baseball yesterday, game two of the American League Championship Series, Astros and Rangers, and the Rangers score on an error in the first inning, then our RBI hit by the former Cardinal, Adolis Garcia, and then old Ned Garver steps up.
0: Garver now yanks the line drive
3: into the left field. That'll drop in for another Texas hit, and it's 3 to nothing. The fourth hit out of the first 10 pitches of this game. It was 4 nothing by the end of the first inning, 5-1 as we went to the third, and this game was wild because it's stuff we don't see anymore. It's actually a manager that trusts his starting pitcher. Bottom of the fifth, Astros hitting against Nathan Ivaldi. Uh, Michael Brantley with a base hit, Chas McCormick with a base hit, and uh, Jeremy Pena safe. That, folks, means the bases are loaded with nobody out. What's Br- what Bruce Bochi do? He doesn't go out and say, oh, this guy's got a 74% chance of getting a ground ball. Well, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Bochi looks at his pitcher and says, okay, this is the eye test. Uh, a, a soft... Base hit, another soft base hit, and an error, and then what's Ivaldi do? He strikes out Diaz. He strikes out Altuve. Bregman grounds out out of the inning. Then you go into the sixth inning. Ivaldi still pitching. Uh, Michael or uh, Kyle Tucker strikes out Alvarez with a walk. Abreu strikes out. Then Brandley with a double to score Alvarez. What does Roosbochi do? He didn't say, "Oh, I need to get the ground ball. I need to get the guy with the seventy-four percent chance to get a ground ball." No, he he realizes. With the eye test, that at that moment in the game, Nathan Ivaldi is still his best pitcher, and McCormick strikes out swinging. And it wasn't until after the sixth inning that Bochy removed Nathan Ivaldi. I love. A starting a manager that has faith in and can see in his starting pitcher that he's still the best guy that he has
4: yeah i mean montgomery and ivaldi really have been the backbone of these two victories for the rangers and it all goes back to starting pitching you had that moment on monday with jordan montgomery cd and i were talking about this yesterday where you had bottom of the fourth and you had a bases loaded situation that montgomery was able to work his way out of and then you had this whole houdini act by ivaldi yesterday, last night, and I just think that it shows you how Bruce Bochi really does have the trust of the players, and that was a game that got close there in mm-hmm. the end, and the Rangers bent but they didn't break and I think that had a lot to do with keeping valdi in the game really showing the trust that you have in your players. How he got out of that whole situation in the bottom of the fifth I have no idea. I thought he had no chance but Bruce Bochi knew and I don't think many other managers and I know we'll talk a lot about here in St. Louis but I don't think many other managers in Major League Baseball would have had the stomach to keep Valdi in that situation.
3: No and I think four of them are, pit- are in the final four right now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe be the reason that they Are.
5: (laughs) You you have to trust your guys, and you know, I I like the idea of giving him an opportunity to finish it out and and get out of that Mm inning, despite having runners on base, as you said, soft hit, soft hit, and, and not really any hard contact. So you, that gives you an idea it's not as bad as it may seem. And so we're going to just play it how we need to play it and get out of this inning. On the flip side, the Houston Astros, Jordan Alvarez is a, is a guy. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I told a you yesterday, I thought mm-hmm. he was going to do what he ended up doing. Jose Altuve needs to come to the party. We're, we're still waiting. Yep. He is 0 for, uh in this LCS right now, in this NLCS. So until he starts setting the table for this Houston Astros team, they're probably going to struggle if he gets on and gets
3: hit, they probably have an opportunity to win and unlike the Rangers who only had to use three relief pitchers spores came on then Chapman and Leclerc and that is in large part because Evaldi didn't get taken out in the fifth inning but from has only lasted two and two-thirds and they had wound up having to use five different relievers now they have a day off so it's not as big a deal but Bruce Bochy has a much less taxed bullpen with Max Scherzer starting Game 3
4: tomorrow. Ooh, Max Scherzer, Mad Max coming to the mound. That is going to be exciting to see. That'll be his first time pitching since September 12th. I don't know which version you're going to get from him, but I think you're going to get the very angry and also dialed in virgin.
3: Absolutely or Do you are. think
4: that he just imagines the Cardinals whenever he gets like angry in certain situations? I
3: think he's just so competitive. He'll do anything. Yeah. He'll
4: think of anything.
3: Yeah. He'll he'll think of some chip to put on his shoulder, maybe the Mets at this point. Oh right. Yeah.
4: That's Meanwhile, in the
3: night game, Philadelphia held off Arizona 5-3. to three. A good start for Philadelphia. Again, Kyle Schwarber is a pretty good leadoff hitter if you like home runs.
0: Kyle Schwarber ready to lead off.
3: First ball swinging, and there it goes. An ambush by Schwarber, and it's one to nothing Phillies. And then, of course, it's the playoffs, so Bryce Harper has to come up in the first inning too.
0: For Schwarber in the regular season. Now Harper
3: deep in the right center. This one fly. Second home run of the inning. Nicholas Castellanos hit a home run in the third. The Phillies built a 5 nothing lead. And in the ninth inning, Arizona actually had the tying run at the plate but couldn't overcome that deficit. And the 5-3 was the final. And Philadelphia takes a one nothing lead in that series with game two today.
5: It's hard not to like Philly. It's hard. I mean, Kyle Schwarber, first pitch, swinging. And he, he is literally hit or miss. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's his thing. He's going to hit it out or he's going to strike out. But when he hits a man, they go a long way. And Bryce Harper, on his birthday, mm-hmm. blowing out the candles, 31, he, he's a special talent, man. And to have guys like that on your roster that can come up and make plays, it's extremely fun to watch. And, again, I think that this Phillies team – They learned some things about themselves from last year, what they didn't do correctly. You know, not finishing the deal, making it to the World Series, but not finishing it. I think that this team is a team of destiny and will make it to the World Series again. And this year they will win it.
3: Since we got to the $100 million contract in baseball, Bryce Harper might be the best free agent signing. Right now, probably Scherzer with the Nationals because the Nationals did win a World Series with him. But in terms of production, in terms of getting what you want, in terms of durability. Now, he did miss time with the Tommy John surgery this year, but for the most part, he, is, he has gone to the post. There aren't many free agents that have signed that have been better for their teams and their cities than Bryce Harper.
4: No, I mean, just like you were talking about, C.D., just the energy that he brings, and that's Thompson letting him be the player that he needs to be. Bryce Harper needs to have that chip on his shoulder, that whole attaboy situation that we saw Mm -hmm. play out. I think that he really plays into that, and this is a team of destiny right now. They are getting hot at exactly the right time. 32 homers in like the last 13 games for them. That is literally the definition of getting hot at the right time. Bryce Harper has energy i think that has a lot to do with it because when you see a guy going out there like that with the passion that he brings that just elevates all the other players around him too and i the phillies are a really fun team to watch it's hard to like want to root against them or Mm -hmm. root for them but at the same time it's just like it's the team that you want to watch right now
3: bryce harper in 43 career postseason games 15 homers 30 rbis and a 1.044 ops must be In nice. the Against good pitching all the time.
5: He's really good. Oof. Yeah. He, he's really, really good.
3: Good guy to have. Yeah. And we will have game number two of that series tonight here on 101 ESPN. Pre-game at 6.30. The action just after seven. Phillies and Diamondbacks game number two. By the way, last night uh, Zach Wheeler goes six innings for Philadelphia. So they're getting innings out of their starters. And they'll have Aaron Nola on the mound tonight.
5: That's a good problem to have too. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing when you have good pitching and good hitting, how good you can be.
3: Mm. Oh, oh man, it makes a, a difference. That. Well, and if here's the thing, all of these teams have pitchers that are con- starting pitchers that are conditioned to go more than five and dive. It's yeah. six, six and a third, six and two thirds, seven innings. And when you have pitchers that expect to go that distance, think of all the outset saves on your bullpen. And it's a good thing to have it. You. This all started because of what Cleveland did in the 2016 playoffs by using up their bullpen. Mm -hmm. And people thought, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Well, it was the playoffs. You can't do it for 162 games. And... That's one of the problems that franchises like the Cardinals have run into, thinking that, oh, well, we can just get five out of our starters and our going to be fine. No, it doesn't work that way. It just it, It's not logical to have it work that
4: way. Well, and also it just goes back to the psychological aspect of it of just like thinking, okay, I know that they won't pull me in these situations mm-hmm. like yeah. you saw with Ivaldi and also with Montgomery because they know that they're allowed to continue to go through these games and they don't have to worry about that aspect of it because they've proven that. Bruce Boshi has proven that. And the Rangers, their biggest question mark going into this postseason was their bullpen but hey guess what you don't really have to worry about it that much when you have montgomery and evaldi doing what they're doing
3: pretty good stuff and let's see what scherzer can do tomorrow hey this is a guy that throws seven innings in his spring training debuts he'll, he'll probably shut him down he's amazing coming up next on 101 espn the quarterback carousel in the nfl never stops we're going to talk about some of the guys that are getting off of the merry-go-round next on 101 espn
1: We know the talent level of Josh Allen. It just seems like at the worst, most inopportune times, that thing rears its head where you start to see the critical mistakes or you start to get into this lull of trying to do too much and make too many plays, and then it turns out to something like this. So you go back and forth. It's almost like riding a roller coaster. I think the one thing about Josh Allen that everybody can respect is that sometimes when he plays boring football, it looks phenomenal, and that's all you need out of him.
3: That's Marcus Spears of ESPN on NFL Live talking about uh, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, whose career quarterback record is 56 and 26. He's 30 games over 500. His records in the NFL since he became the full-time starter, 10 and 6, 13 and 3, 11 and 6, 13 and 3 and four and two this year. Uh, and obviously, it's, those are quarterback records. He's playing on a, on a good team. But I think we have a tendency, and by the way this is nothing new. We have a tendency as a football fandom to expect perfection and nothing is going to be perfect in in football. Gary you 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 coach it every week. You know that nothing's ever going to be perfect. You know what if, I you if you if you would have just Plugged in the name Brett Favre rather than Josh Allen. There, it would play the cut again, and, and don't
1: just don't think of him saying Brett Favre rather than Josh Allen. Okay, think about this. We know the talent level of Josh Allen. Barb. It just seems like at the worst, most inopportune times, that thing rears its head, where you start to see the critical mistakes, or you start to get into this lull of trying to do too much and make too many plays, and then it turns out to something like this. So you go back and forth. It's almost like riding a roller coaster. I think the one. Thing about Josh Allen that everybody can respect is that sometimes when he plays boring football, it looks phenomenal, and that's all you need out of him. Isn't that Brett Favre? It is
5: <laughs> one of the one of the biggest issues that Josh Allen has is Josh Allen. Yeah, like you said, just doing too much, wanting to make the big play, and and you know, turning the ball over at inopportune times. He's a hell of a quarterback when he just plays boring football. Yeah. Get the ball to your guys, get the ball out of your hand, hand the ball off to your running backs, <laughs> huddle up and do it again. We but don't love boring.
1: It, no <laughs> one does. And, and
5: and what's exciting is a guy that can make the throw that he made for the touchdown to win the game for them. Because that's a throw you probably shouldn't make. It's squeezing in between two defenders. But he can make the throw. So in his mind, I'm going to make this throw and sometimes it's gonna be really good, sometimes it's gonna be really bad. Let's hope for more good times and bad times.
1: Yeah.
4: I the thing is is like I we talk about we know how talented that he is. How much do you think of it is though that it feels like he has to be Superman week in and week out? And does he have to overcome some of the lack of offensive talent and weapons? If you look around at you know other teams in the AFC other than the Chiefs because we've talked about that right now. They don't really have. I mean Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but it feels like he doesn't have that many offensive weapons. You feel like maybe the Bills are lacking some of that offensive talent to help him in this situation. I mean, look at the Beng- the Bengals. They have three essentially all star receivers.
5: Yeah, I, I don't think so. You got Stephon Diggs, you got Gabe Davis. Uh, you only need. You only got one football. So the the Bengals have issues getting the ball to Tyler Boyd because he's the third guy. You get to two really good receivers, 1A, 1B, you're going to throw the ball to to Stefan Diggs as much as possible. I just think his issue is he needs to make great plays in his mind and the Superman aspect mm-hmm. in his brain is sometimes it takes over and I got to make a big play and you know just check
3: it down sometimes. Well, it's okay. One of the things that he runs into too that Burrow doesn't run into as much. Burrow has Joe Mixon. And you have a lot more second and fives than second and eights where you have to make that big play.
5: They are are doing a better job of handing the ball off to uh, James Cook, allowing him to run the football a lot more than they have in the past. All
3: right, let's touch on other quarterbacks. Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, saying that Anthony Richardson, more likely than not, will be out for the entire season. And Gardner Minshew will take over as the Indianapolis Colts starter. Had to like what you saw of... Anthony Richardson, when he was on the field. However, this is two injuries, and one of the concerns about his style of play was him getting injured. He'll be able to spend a year getting coached up and avoiding, hopefully, getting hurt like he has early on because he got hit hard.
5: Yeah. Uh, the first injury was his own fault. I, I will say that he got a concussion. He leans back into the defender. He hit his head on the turf. He scored a touchdown. He could have just ran into the end zone. This one, I, I, I remember when it happened, he reached for the shoulder immediately. Uh, it was one of those things where, again, he probably could have avoided one of those big hits and protected himself a little bit better. It's one of the things you learn as you get older in the game. And, and he's a young quarterback. When you're in college, even though you played in the SEC, every single kid on that roster does not make it to the NFL. When you're in the NFL, every single man on that roster is in the NFL. So the the talent level obviously jumps up and you have to learn how to adjust and adapt mm-hmm. to, to what you're facing in comparison to what you were facing last year.
4: I remember Taylor Juan, when he was with the Titans, he spoke about that where it's like in college football, you know, about every other game or every once in a while yeah. you're playing a really good team. And with the NFL, it's like facing Alabama every, every week. single yeah. week. <laughs> what do you feel like your confidence level is in Gardner Minshew taking over that role full time?
5: I like Gardner. I don't think um, he took care of the ball well enough in that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars on, on Sunday, but, um, but I do like Gardner. I, th- I, I said it before. I think he's the best backup quarterback in the NFL uh, because he he has experience. He has done it. He has won games. He has been a starter in his past. So I don't I don't have an issue with uh, Gardner Minshew. I don't know what you how much you can expect from this Indianapolis Colts team, though. I, I just I think they're they have some of the pieces.
3: But do they have enough? And they don't have enough explosion.
5: There you go. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he's just getting back into the fold. He only had eight carries in that game. You got Michael Pittman Jr., who I think is a really good receiver, but I don't know if he's a 1A type of receiver. uh, But for this team, he is. And, you know, if Gardner Minshew throws the ball 55 times, you're probably not going to win. He had three turnovers, three interceptions, 55 passes. That's not going to get the
3: job done. Brock Purdy faced a defense that's allowing only 200 yards a game in Cleveland. He didn't have McCaffrey. He didn't have Debo Samuel. And he went 12 of 27 for about 150 yards. But, but... At the end of the game, without McCaffrey, without Debo, he led a 9-play, 56-yard drive that led to a missed field goal at the end of the game, a missed 41-yard field goal that would have won it. So, for all of the negatives about Brock Purdy in this game, the overall stats, uh, you, you take an opportunity, it was nine fifty-two in a minute, 34, he he got them in position to win the game.
5: So, I, I, I the question going into last week was, is Brock Purdy elite? That has been the question: Is he is he elite, or is his team the players around him elite? And I think some of that got answered on Sunday. He has he has some superstar players in Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Those guys, George Kittle. You got guys. When he had some of those guys coming in as backups, it didn't look as great, which is not going to. But it, he was missing some passes, mm-hmm. which for me is a problem. You you have to be able to hit guys on on time and make sure you're getting guys involved. That last drive is is what got him over 100 yards in that game. He ended up with 125, but he got he was at 81 until that right. last drive, and then Brandon Ayuk had that big pass, uh, catch and run. I don't know what to expect from Brock Purdy uh, if Devo Samuel and, and Christian McCaffrey are out for an extended period of time. If they're healthy... Again, this is the best team in the NFL, hands down, but we all know injuries occur. So we'll see how he can progress and how those guys that are filling in, how well they can progress if, if Debo and Christian are unable to play this weekend.
4: Yeah, and looking at some of the updates, it looks like that Christian McCaffrey should just be day-to-day, but we should get some more updates here soon. But I, we discussed this yesterday with Brock Purdy. That has been one of the biggest questions going into the season, is that if he could be a elite franchise quarterback for this team. And he did lead them to an undefeated record to start things off going this game. Do you think it's more of where you're looking at the 49ers and his performance, or is this just a really good Browns defense? Because they were also able to bang up some really important guys. It's a
5: really good Browns defense, and it's a crying shame that the Browns are on their <laughs> third quarterback trying to figure things out because this defense is you know, top two, top three in the yeah. NFL. Uh, they found a way to win with a third-string quarterback and P.J. Walker. The 49ers can't lose that game, despite everything. You missed a field goal at the end of the game, despite all of that, despite the injuries. You shouldn't lose that game to a third-string quarterback, but it happens. Uh, but the Browns' defense is 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 elite, so you have yeah. to give them some credit as well.
3: I, I would rather, if I were a 49er fan, I'd rather lose now than in game one of the playoffs. Oh, definitely.
5: Yeah, a- and the injuries that they have, the the Forty actually have a bye this week, so you got time to get healed up and get back healthy, and you know they play against the Vikings when they come back.
3: Couple of others. Uh, this is what the sheet nope, says: nope, uh, Desmond Ritter should enjoy his season as an NFL starter. So we're benching him right now. We're, ah. we're at the end of this year. He's done, <laughs> done his dinner.
5: No. He well, can't maybe. Be. No. And the 49ers don't have a bye. They play Sunday <laughs> against the Vikings. Okay. Uh, but he can't, Desmond Ritter,
3: he can't be it's a
5: probably his last year yeah. as a NFL starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may find some, some spots to start here and there. But he, the, 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 the Atlanta Falcons have way more issues than just Desmond Ritter. They do. Ritter. You know, you draft three skill positions back-to-back-to-back to back to back in three consecutive years in, in uh, Pitt's Kyle Pitts, and then you draft Drake London, and then you draft Bijan Robinson. That's nice. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's like buying a Maserati without an engine. Mm-hmm. Like it just you can sit. It looks beautiful. How are you go, without any tires? What mm-hmm. are you What are you gonna do? You just just sit it there. You don't mm-hmm. have anything to allow it to run, man. So you got to figure out. You you normally want to draft inside out, meaning offensive mm-hmm. line. Thank you. Receivers, mm-hmm. running back, quarterback. Uh, defensive line, linebackers, DBs, but the, the the Atlanta Falcons decided to go the opposite way. So they got a Maserati, but they don't have an engine. And so they're going to be sitting there for for a little
3: while until they can figure that out. If I were ever to be an NFL owner, and I wanted to win, and that's a big caveat here, I would say to prospective head coaches when I was interviewing head coaches, hey, your budget for your offensive line coach is unlimited. We're going to get the best guy. Because that's one thing you can do on the offensive line. Yes, you have to draft guys, but you can develop offensive linemen too. And that is definitely not happening happening in Atlanta. No. No,
4: Where does it seem to be really anywhere? What is that that you think that is? I know that you talked about it happening in college football. Is it just not teaching the technique? And For the, techniques? Yeah. the
3: Rams drafted an offensive lineman, Jason Smith, from Baylor, who had never in his career put his hand in the dirt. Three-point stance his entire career. Wow. Yeah, or two-point stance in his entire career. And then they went the opposite direction when they took Greg Robinson out of Auburn, who had never passed blocked before. Never
5: passed set. He was a front—he went forward 90% of the plays. And that, I—it's—the I, <laughs> thing is— you, you you want talent, right? You want to draft guys that are talented, that can adapt. But you also would like to know that you can coach them up. You have to be able to develop them into mm-hmm. what you need them to be. And sometimes either you don't have the right coaches or that guy is unable to attain a certain level of success mm-hmm. because he's not – maybe there's a reason why he was only doing one thing in college because that's all he could do.
3: Finally, uh, this morning on uh, Unsportsmanlike, Chris Canty was railing about – the Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, saying that he'll never be good because he's hurt too much. And uh, he said they'll never have him. Uh, This is a quarterback who was drafted in the first round. In his first year, played 12 games, started 11. Second year, uh, played and started 13, so he was injured for three. Fourth year, or third year, I'm sorry, uh, played in 10. He was injured for six. Fourth year, uh, did not play. And then his fifth year, Played in two games, no starts. So one, two, three, four, five years and never played a full season. Sixth year, 16, 16. Seventh year, 16, 16. Eighth year, 16, 16 Super Bowl champs. Ninth year, nine and nine in a strike season. Tenth year, 15 and 15. Eleventh year, uh, 15 and 15. This was uh, shortened seasons. Tenth year, 14 and 14 Super Bowl champs. Uh, so, and that was Phil Sims, who during the course of his first five years hardly played. I don't think you can judge a quarterback's quality based upon his availability because of a bad offensive line in the first two or three years of his career. He's he started for two. Now, Justin Fields might not be good, but I don't think we should judge him based on his injuries so far.
5: Yeah, when I was listening to Chris Canty this morning, that was the first thing that came to mind. He was talking about, I think he had ribs yeah. his first year, <laughs> his showing his next year, thumb this year. I mean, if you got ribs and shoulders, it's probably because you're getting hit in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because of some of the running things you do in the run game. But again, you you want to protect that guy. And let's see if we protect him first, if he can actually play and get him an offense that he understands and figure out how to go through a progression. The thing that frustrates me most is the lack of development that I see in college football and in the nfl it's almost like guys have to be ready-made without teaching them how to play the game no you gotta teach them how to play the game everybody does not come ready-made so the ones that are are going to be good regardless I don't think Lawrence Taylor needed much Mm-mm. assistance God gave him something that Bill Parcells could never help him with so you are able to have an ability but when you have guys that have the ability but still need that coaching you got to get them coached up and get them better
4: and I don't think that that's a negative i almost see it think that it's seen as like a negative that they would need some extra coaching when they make it to the league but it is a big jump as we talked about for all players but especially in the Quarterback position because it is a quarterback league. I think that it is too soon to judge Justin Fields. Do you think that it needs to though be possibly a change of scenery or maybe a change of coaching? With that,
3: coaching would not hurt.
5: Change of coaching could help, but uh, I mean, if you're the head coach that's getting hired to that position, you probably want to have your own quarterback as opposed to a guy. Instead of if it doesn't work, now you got to start over your second year as a head coach as opposed to starting over your first year.
3: But you look at. Aaron Rodgers, he sat for three years. Brooke, you, the, the guy that you grew up idolizing, Steve McNair. Mm-hmm. Drafted in the first round, high in the first round by the Oilers. He played in four games, started two in his rookie year. His second year, 96. He, he played in nine, but only started four. And then finally got rolling in his third year. You need... Like Carrie says, to give people an opportunity to learn what they're doing, but not be getting hit all the time while they're learning. <laughs> yeah, a little bit harder
4: to do that, especially yeah. if you can't stay on the field. It's harder to learn out there. Yeah. Coming up, have
3: the Blues lowered expectations? changed your excitement for the start of this season. That's next on 101 ESPN.
0: The smartest way to do
7: hackman's expert advice or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you hackman lumber is an authorized yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills so celebrate summer with a new big green egg weber gas or charcoal grill and all of the accessories from hackman lumber come visit their showrooms in st charles pacific and troy missouri or online at hackmanstl.com
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast
6: lunch and dinner check
2: To the opening drive podcast on one hundred and one ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. So I'd love to
5: get third place. I think that uh, if you, if you, or I'll say the way I look at it, you, you, I, I see Dallas and I see Colorado as a different maturation
6: part in their organizations. Uh, they, they seem to be a half a letter to a full letter grade ahead. Uh, but then I, I look at, at Minnesota, I look at what Winnipeg's going through, what Nashville's going through, what we're going through. Uh so I don't see us being in that group of of players starting out, you know, hoping to get the first overall pick. That that's not what we're looking at. Now how far they can take it. Uh I, I think we should be competitive with, with the groups with that uh with that, you know, if you break the league into thirds, I hope to be in the in competitive with that middle third and I hope to be at the top end of that middle third.
3: That's Doug Armstrong. Before the season started, he, of course, the poho of your St. Louis Blues. And he is, if nothing else, completely honest and transparent. And he said, I I hope to finish in third. But he also made a, a very good point there. Colorado and Dallas are at different maturation points in their existences. And one of my favorite things about sports is watching a young team grow. And that's what we get the opportunity to do. So even though he's not picking nobody's picking the blues to win the stanley cup i love the idea of watching young players get an opportunity and grow into hopefully at some point a stanley cup champion
4: well the biggest difference and i think that there's a huge difference between the dallas stars and even the colorado avalanches is that really the core group of players and you're talking about we're watching right now the blues kind of essentially build up that young core and really let them develop and Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. But with the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche, they have their core established now, especially if you look at the Dallas Stars. and that game the other day, the first one of the season, they were playing without Rope Hints, And Hints mm-hmm. is a very talented player, but they did still have, I mean, Jason Robertson, we saw what he was able to do last season, and Joe Pavelski. And if you look at Colorado Avalanche, we know who they have. And oh, by the way, they added Ryan Johansson, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, they have a really good, both teams, have a really good established core. I think the Blues can get there, and that's why I think it's fair that they kind of are tempering expectations going into the season. I think this group is very talented, but I think it's going to take a little bit for that core to develop where it is competing against what the Dallas Stars and the Avalanche have right now.
5: Yeah, underpromise and overdeliver. deliver I'm hoping that that's what this team is. I think that, uh, you know, you get a couple of overtime games, you lose one, you win one, but you're competing. And that's the one thing Jordan Bennington has been playing, you know, lights out in my opinion, 63 saves on 65 shots. He's been a, been doing a great job. This this new style of defense is is it's it's different, you know, but they're they're allowing more shots or a, as many shots as they have, have in the past few years, but not the the dangerous shots that that are mm. close to the net or, you know, not allowing the rebound. So I'm I'm excited about that. We talked to Kerber yesterday about the penalty play, I mean about the power play and how well they, how much better they need to do because they're not doing very well right now. So it, there are things as a, as a team with, with some younger players and some guys, you know, really adapting. How well can they how much better can they get in certain areas? There's still room for improvement, but so far, you have to be pretty excited with what, you, what you've seen from this team.
3: And I'm intrigued by the talent on the power play. You, you love what Jordan Cairo is capable of. What they need to do is get shots. They, they, they've been that's out shot problem. on their own power play. Yes. They have two shots and they've allowed three. Yeah. So that's something that you don't, and that's courtesy of JR, Jeremy Rutherford. J.R. has that statistic. But the creativity is there when you have Thomas and Cairo. You just need to focus. And uh, it's the old Ron Karan. Shoot the puck! You know, sometimes... <laughs> It's uh, shoot, shoot just, it. <laughs> yeah. Just get the puck to the net and see what happens. Good and now you have happen. enough size to get somebody into the crease. I, I think that's one of the things that Craig Berube specifically will focus on is getting a guy to the crease where you can just have a puck bounce off him and go into the net. Any concern about Pavel Bucanavits being injured again? Yeah, and it was a big hit. It wasn't. It wasn't yeah. a legal hit, but the fact that he wasn't there. Yeah, that he missed 19 games last year. He missed nine the year before. I'm not saying he's injury prone, but the most important ability is availability. And and especially because of Blues, it, they, they have some depth in areas. They don't have scoring depth. Yeah. If they lose a scorer, it's going to affect them dramatically.
4: And he is a big scorer. I mean, even with the games that he missed last season, I don't think he was far behind when it came to being at the top in points, even with mm-hmm. as much time as he missed last season. So that shows the impact that he has. The power play, I do think, is something that is really concerning. You hope that with more time and more practice that comes together, because it just feels very similar to what you saw last year. And that's what Kerb said yesterday yesterday. And that's not a good thing that you want to hear, right? Special teams needs to be way better than that.
3: And it would seem like like at the end of training camp, you did have all off season to implement a plan. And you, that's one of the things that you had the opportunity with all that practice during training camp, you had the opportunity to work on. Now, the Blues were off yesterday, but they've had uh, they've got today and tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then a game on Thursday. They've got a couple of days to hopefully work on what they're doing to to get the power play going. Because that's a huge part. It's one of the biggest parts of the league is having a solid special team. You you want your your power play and your, your penalty kill to add up to 110%.
4: And the PK has yeah. looked good. It has. It's just the power
3: play. the 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 fact that you only have two shots on goal is concerning.
5: Yeah. Like yeah. You, you you have an advantage. Shoot the puck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and worst thing, worse, I mean, you, you get a rebound, you put it back in, or or it goes in on the attempt. I, just shoot the puck. It feels like they're trying to be too perfect as opposed to, to putting the puck on the net and seeing what
3: happens. So as, we, as we go in-depth, because we like the, the under-the-radar numbers, right? The underlying numbers. One key underlying number to remember, it's going to be hard to maintain this, is having as many goals overturned with challenges as you have shots on goal oh. on the power play.
0: <laughs> that is
6: intriguing. I should yeah. hedge my bet against that.
4: Yeah, Don't yeah, uh, uh, count uh, on 82. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay,
3: then fine. Well, there, goes, there goes my betting plan for that's, the year. That's my underlying number for you for today here on 101 ESPN. <laughs> that's good. Thanks. Coming up here on the opening drive with Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. 314-399-9646-314-399 Yo-ho! We've got to Take It or Leave It next on 101 ESPN. You're back
0: to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Or
2: text into 314 399
0: 9646 and give us your take it
2: or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's
0: my final offer. Take it or leave it.
3: Rockio, oh, we want your texts for Take It or Leave It. Kids, I don't know if you saw this, but the IOC formally approved flag football for the 2028 Ooh, Summer yes. Olympics. Okay, in L.A. So you have answered my question because I my, my Take It or Leave It was going to be you'll be tuned in.
2: Oh,
5: I mean, I'll take it.
3: It's going to be like the dream team, the
5: real dream team uh, playing against everyone. But, yeah, take it.
4: <laughs> and, uh, take it or leave
3: it. <laughs> You want to see Kadarius uh, Tony and Tyreek Hill on oh, our like football team?
4: yeah! Didn't they come out and say that they would like to participate? Yeah. I know that Tyreek yeah. Hill did. Cut, that wouldn't be fair. Kadarius
3: Tony, you got to catch the ball though. That's he true. That first Who's time. our quarterback? Who's our?
4: Can Patty Mahomes? It be has quarterback? to be Mahomes.
3: Uh, oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, we're I, putting
4: out the best of the best. Okay,
3: <laughs> I was thinking of the most elusive quarterback that can throw the ball around a little bit. I guess Mahomes is that guy. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. Pretty so, fun. That'd be awesome. USA, USA. 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 Do
4: they even know what flag football is in some of the other no, countries? That's I, I just, just want to ask the, that. They, I, didn't, there there I didn't know is, if that was a stupid lies, question there, or there, not, but.
5: question, the problem. Dominate. Yeah. They'd
4: be like, what? what flag is football? What is <laughs>
5: um So Aaron Rodgers was on the sideline for the game the other night uh, in a, without a boot, without crutches, uh, throwing passes pregame, said he was helping the coaches on the sideline with a few calls. Take it or leave it. Ayahuasca does really help. I'll oh, take it, yeah. I'm gonna take it. We need some research hey, on this. Man, I'm gonna find me a darkness retreat here <laughs> <laughs> in the off season to get a my shit room. oh. in See y'all in a week. <laughs> I'm going to take
4: that. Do you, but it, was it a little concerning seeing him, I guess, without crutches? It does feel like a little too soon, so, but uh, I mean, if it works, weeks, it works. I don't
5: think it's the best idea to be on an NFL sideline yeah. without crutches or without a boot mm-hmm. because people run that way and you, uh, he ain't going to be able to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's a great idea, but it's amazing to see him outside walking around without a without any assistance.
4: I have a feeling with Aaron Rodgers, he just does what he wants to do, and I don't think mm-hmm. anybody can tell him yeah, otherwise. You're, you're <laughs> well, yesterday we talked about this, and now some more details have emerged, and I'm pretty furious about it, guys. Kim, Ang, as we know, they mutually, Kim and the Marlins mutually parted ways, but now more details have come out, and they were basically wanting to hire somebody above her despite everything that she was able to do this season, really turning things around with the Marlins bringing in Skip, as we know, but just everything else, all the other aspects that she's done. Take it or leave it. This is going to be one of the worst offseason moves in Major League Baseball.
3: Totally take it. Yeah. Um. I mean, Yeah. I, I know there's it. only 30 of it those It doesn't jobs, make any sense. Yeah, if If you are established, why would you want to take the Marlins job? I mean,
4: because you see that history of how this has happened. Yeah,
3: it doesn't work out. This owner, Bruce Sherman, he caused Mm -hmm. Derek Jeter to want to walk out the door. Kim Ng was given uh, an opportunity that no other woman had ever been given, and she flew with it. She was fantastic. Yes. And now she wants to leave because they want to hire a president of baseball operations. Uh, above her it's just ridiculous if that's
4: demoralizing right, it, it, is what that is what
3: you do if if you're the marlins and you're sensible you say okay kim you are our president of baseball operations go hire a general manager that's the way that's supposed to work
4: exactly also second take it or leave it uh randy flores might be somebody that the marlins will be looking at
3: i'll take it they, should be. they right. should be looking at him yeah i'll take it that'd be smart and i know that Skip being a teammate of Flo's, would highly recommend him, and that'd be a sensible move on the part of the, the Marlins. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals can't late let that happen.
4: Take it. I'm gonna take it. They, there's yeah. no way, but I mean, there Randy Flores is going to be very sought after, mm-hmm. and rightfully so.
3: Yep. All right, Matthew. What do we got on the text line?
6: <laughs> take it or leave it. Kerry Davis should coach the United States men's national uh, Listen, flag football team. If
5: I got Tyreek Hill and Kadarius Tony and Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, Are we gonna, gonna mine. do some things man, I'm, I'm going to put my damn feet up and watch them play football <laughs> against people that don't play football.
6: Yeah. Be funny. <laughs> hey, Kerry's going to specifically actually bring a pad of dirt for them to draw plays out in. Man, just like he's going to bring one, he's going to put it on the sideline, just go here, go draw up your I mean, plays so right you here. You
5: guys got it. Ready break.
3: <laughs> the hell you need me for I wonder what team, what country would pose the biggest threat.
5: Ooh, That's a very good question. Somebody who plays um, rugby
4: really well? Possibly. Oh, well, yeah. well, then you're, they're used to... A little bit more I balance. was gonna say Germany because I feel
6: like they have had the most like, Canada. Ur- European oh, Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was wow. gonna say Ger- Germany's had like the most European guys actually mm-hmm. like come over and play college football yeah. and stuff because they has an entire league of yeah. People. Yeah, yeah thing. Yeah, Canada's yeah. got a whole league. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they <laughs> produce <laughs>
3: obviously great athletes and elusive athletes. So yeah, I think that's a good call. I
6: think Jim Tomsula Sula, or is is like, somewhere? Is he? I think he's over in Germany. He just like coached That's like right. undefeated yeah. team, like sixteen yeah. and zero, and won the championship with the the uh, the Rhine team.
3: Yeah. Um. So yeah, they got, they got a whole league over there. How did Jim Tomsula Sula wind up as an NFL head coach? <laughs> My God. Greg Schiano did too. Don't forget that. <laughs> well, at least he had, had success somewhere, you know. What, what was Jim Tom Sula? Uh,
5: Greg
3: Schiano. He turned around <laughs> Rutgers. Yeah.
5: Yeah, but no.
3: So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. even better than Jim Thompson. Leonard Lee turned out on Yeah.
5: yeah. Mm. No. Take it or leave it.
6: O'Neill, Donovan, Carlson, Gorman. Three of the four are
3: traded this offseason. O'Neill, Donovan, Carlson, Gorman.
5: O'Neill, Donovan, I think yeah, the Carlson. better thing. Are, are not two here of, next year. Two yeah. of the three, two no, of the four.
3: Yeah, it says three of the four. I'm going to say three. I, I'm going to take that.
5: You think Gorman is is wow. out of here? I
3: think he's got still, a very. Still, is he going? still, Seattle <laughs> or Chicago? One the two. How about LA? Oh, oh, for
4: who? oh no, no. Randy? I know where you're going with this, and I don't like Randy. it. Mm. I don't like it, Randy.
3: I'm just saying.
4: Ready I don't even want to believe in it. Ready? Just go ahead, go ahead and go ahead and say they, sing they it.
3: have young starting pitching there. They have a wealth of young starting pitching. But they're going to they, sign they, a couple of free agents. They're going to want somebody
4: else besides Nolan Gorman.
3: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You never know. It's you it, can't it, it both it, they, they, they're going to want uh, J D Martinez is leaving. They're going to want an inexpensive DH. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, they're they're expensive DH. Might, they, uh, here's one thing that would preclude that: if they have Shohei Otani, they have no need for. Oh, yeah. How
5: about
4: that? How so about that? that? Chicago
3: Hit would be my choice, CD, okay. to answer your question. We'll White play? Sox.
4: Yes. 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 Make sure we're yeah. clear on <laughs> not that. Not the Cubbies. Right. and uh, My <laughs> guess would be
3: that Tyler O'Neill probably doesn't have much value in a trade and probably gets non-tendered.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Take it or leave it. Tyreek Hill finishes the season with 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, and does not win the MVP.
5: Oh, if he does that, he has to win the MVP. Because there isn't a quarterback, in my opinion, that's just running away with it right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think that yeah, there's... I'll leave it. Yeah, I, I, if he finishes with 2,000 yards, that come on, man.
3: What if two is throwing it to him, though?
5: Uh, I, I, I still think. Tyreek has 814 yards in six games? Mm-hmm. It's insane. That's absurd. Like, yeah, yeah, he's great. It's possible. <laughs>
6: Take it or leave it. Why, instead of worrying about losing Flo, why don't we just replace Mo with Flo? Take it or leave it.
4: Well, that's not going to happen, so I'll have to leave it because they already said that Mo's going to be here in in an elevated role.
3: Yeah. And give... Mo credit for bringing in talented people like mm-hmm. Randy Flores to to conduct the draft, and before that, Correa. His Correa's one draft was really good. Dan Kantrovitz, who's a scouting director now in Chicago with the Cubs, former Cardinal guy. The Cardinals they develop people, uh, and that's what you want to do. You what you want is the for the people that you hire to blossom and be able to improve themselves elsewhere. And the Cardinals do a really good job of that.
6: Carrie, uh, here, this one's for you. Take it or leave it. With Bowers out for Georgia, Mizzou can beat every team left on their schedule. That schedule, by the way, is uh, South Carolina, Win. Georgia, Win. Tennessee, Win. Florida, Win.
5: Arkansas. Win. Take it. I'm going to have to leave that. Why would you do that, Carrie? Well, what Do you think Bowers is the only player that, that Georgia has? Name one time that Georgia
6: had a big-name player injured. They came to Mizzou and still won the game. Anytime
5: except for that time when Nick Chubb was a backup and
6: ripped their throat out. No. Other than that one really stark example, give me another <laughs> their one. Their
5: best chance to win against Georgia was last year when Georgia was sleepwalking through the game. And they the, the they, Tigers they, got down to the three-yard line and false started and then didn't score a touchdown on that drive. It's just the
6: thing. that At this point, the Georgia game now in my mind is they play really good and –
5: they know. at Some, Georgia. Something really stupid you ends the what, game. Uh, who does game. Georgia play? They're
3: at Georgia or they at home? Uh they that's a home game, right? No, they not, last year it was home. home. Last year, home. year was be at Clemson.
6: The the away games left are Georgia and Arkansas.
5: They host South Carolina, Tennessee, and Florida. Now
3: the mm.
6: question
5: would be who does Georgia play after Mizzou? Oh, because after- they play all uh, Miss.
4: They play uh, Miss. So maybe
5: there's a chance you got a little bit of uh looking forward and not paying attention to your current opponent. So maybe yeah I mean they they got a game. They they both put on pants and pads. They got a chance.
4: Does, does Mizzou having a... That is the most political answer ever, CD. <laughs> <laughs> the way we need <laughs> to have you run for office, because the way you were able to just really walk around that one.
5: <laughs> yeah, everybody got on the Something
4: happened to you
6: that one day you went after Mizzou, and I don't like it. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, Mizzou beat Georgia
3: 41-26. The first year they won the SEC East, and then the next year they won the SEC East. <laughs> Uh, let's see the the Georgia game. They, they got
5: rolled by Georgia, didn't they?
3: Did Wasn't they win one the SEC? Loss? Yes. SEC East. They've won it a couple times. Yeah. They
5: didn't win the SEC though.
3: Not the SEC. No, it doesn't count.
5: I would. I mean, we're not saying they won the SEC. Carry. We're saying they won the SEC East. But, but the way that people say yeah, it is like 30, they 40, actually 40. won the well, SEC. The, the
3: thing is, is <laughs> if, if you play, if, if your team plays in your conference championship game, I think that's a big deal. It is a big deal, but it's so, a bigger deal to win the damn game. Oh, it is. Right, yeah. Like nobody, you, you, when you are playing Alabama, it's uh, that's. See, that's kind of like acting like. I'll do respect to Arkansas and, and their fans, yeah. or, or Texas A&M. It's not like you're going to go beat Nick Saban on a regular basis. Well, uh, I think that's pretty unrealistic. Or, for that Meyer matter, Urban Meyer. When Urban Meyer was at, when he was winning 90% of his games at, at Ohio State. Uh, Illinois is not going to do that. Missouri's not going to do that. It's just not realistic. In the words of the great St. Louis poet,
5: Cornell Haynes, -hmm. Two is not a winner, and three, nobody remembers. Mm. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) 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 Shout out to Nelly.
6: (laughs) 07 '07 and 13 happened. I uh, guess I just got a little... What happened? I
3: I would rather have played in those games than have dealt with 84 through 97.
5: I I would have rather have played in them as well, but I also would rather have won. But you
6: can understand why being one game away from two different championship game appearances... In the last, in in this in the 21st century, why that's changed Mizzou's perspective and why it's something that Mizzou fans say, listen, this is where we were. Two things happened differently in some of those games, and we play in a national championship game, which again, the framing is, is that Mizzou is never a team yep. that will play for a yep. national championship. Right. And, and if that's you why can't, it matters. Yeah, Gary, and if
3: you can't right. enjoy a season unless you can win I, a championship, then you're miserable. Can
5: I, can I give y'all, we had a great season in 2001 at Illinois, right? We were number seven in the country. We lost to Michigan on the road. If we beat Michigan on the road at Michigan, that's the only Big Ten game we lost, we probably play in the national championship game. Guess what? No. You see how your face did? That's exactly how I feel when you talk about Mizzou. The same way. Yeah, okay. Whatever. You said probably. Like, probably because we are. It's a guarantee
6: undefe- Mizzou plays in the national
5: championship game those two years. We that are game. we are undefeated if we beat Michigan. But you know what we didn't do? Didn't beat him. Then it doesn't matter! Nobody cares. That's all I'm saying. So you don't care about that no, season at all? Wow. I care about it, but I don't care to, to imagine what if no. we would have yeah. beat Michigan. But, uh, Maybe we play in the national championship. Whoa! Like, no. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't yeah. care. Nobody cares what happens if you did something. Except for Mizzou fans. You never want to If fast. we no. win, if... You did the the fact that Mizzou fans talk about the SEC East. We won the SEC East so much, nobody cares.
0: Well, I
3: I I won't say nobody. As a Mizzou fan, I don't. I I will say this, (laughs) uh, and understanding. The inherent limitations of, of Mizzou football because I, there there is a 100-year advantage for some schools Randy, in I Illinois. I get it. Yeah. But, I but can, I'm I, also a realist. Yeah, I'm, I'm capable of enjoying a football season knowing that my team's not going to win the national championship. And I feel well, tell, bad for people that can't enjoy the season. Tell that to the
5: rest of the Missouri fans.
3: Well, I think they're, they're, every game is sold out. I think they're enjoying it. And they should be. Yeah. <laughs> So,
5: just have your have reasonable expectations. That's yeah, all
3: And you know what? I think everybody should feel that way, right? Yeah. And that there's a lot of schools that are spending ninety million dollars on coaches that have pretty unreasonable expectations. I agree.
5: Yeah.
3: So, it ain't going to happen for Michigan State.
5: It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it, there's so. a lot of teams. Yeah. It's ain't going
0: to
3: happen for. So, you know. Well, oh, it's not, it's not going to happen for <laughs> AM. It's not going to happen for I
5: mean, RF. I was going to fire another coach. It is what it is, yeah. man. Like, it just yeah. the SEC East Championship, just, you know, it's wonderful. <laughs>
3: coming up here on 101 ESPN, <laughs> our fresh take is the blue system sustainable for 80 games? It's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
2: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers a
0: fresh perspective on the day's top stories it's the opening drives fresh take
3: in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, and the Blues off to a 1-0 and 1 start. They have the win on Saturday night against Seattle after suffering the overtime loss in the opener against the Dallas Stars. And the Blues, uh, under Craig Berube, have implemented a new system this year, and the defense has not shut down the opposition in terms of shots on goal. What you want to do, at least this is the way Bob Plager always talked about it, you want to keep the puck out of the middle of the ice. And the Blues are trying to keep the puck to the perimeter and try to allow shots that the goalie has an opportunity to stop. And The question becomes, if you allow 32 shots a game, can you win a Stanley Cup? I would recommend that you take a look at the statistics for the 1980s Edmonton Oilers for a a determination as to whether or not you can win a Stanley Cup allowing a lot of shots. Now, the game has changed dramatically. But what it comes down to is, what sort of shots are you allowing? If you're allowing... 32 shots a game, and 10 of them are high-danger shots from the crease, probably not sustainable. But if you're allowing shots from the perimeter that Jordan Binnington has a good look at, for the most part, if Jordan Binnington has a look at a puck, he's going to stop it. So yes, I would say that that is something that is sustainable. I would also suggest, though, that as this team goes along, they're going to practice much more puck possession in the offensive zone, and that in and of itself will decrease the shots against If you increase offensive puck possession and have the puck 180 to 200 feet from the opposition's net, it's much more difficult for them to get a shot on goal.
4: And it's such a small sample size right now that it feels hard to be too critical of everything, even if you look at the shots allowed per game last year, 32.3 and then shots allowed per game this year, 32.5, but of course smaller sample size that we've seen so far through two games this season, and so it's not exactly egregious. And you talked about you know the goals that you have seen the Blues giving up. Jordan Middington obviously is fantastic. He's really standing on his head, but it feels like the team is never getting an easy goal. The other team is never getting an easy goal, and that's what you're talking about with those high-danger chances, because Jordan ben- Bennington can really handle things. And he also just looks very confident in himself mm-hmm. this year. Not that he hasn't before, but this is a almost more calmer confidence and demeanor about him this season, and I think you're seeing that pay off. The only thing that I think is probably concerning or egregious right now is the power play we've been talking about that I think that that is something that is concerning and it's going to take time there's no quick fix for this right now they just aren't meshing they're out of whack with their breakouts and once they get set up in the offensive zone there's not much happening there as we've seen obviously with zero goals
5: yeah I I think that you know one way to fix that is shoot the puck. I mean,
4: yeah, I hey, we need to get I you on know. the bench and say shoot the <laughs> puck.
5: I think that's one way to fix the power play. Just shoot the puck. At some point, one of them got to go in. You got more guys on ice than they do. Shoot it and go get a rebound and try to figure it out. But um, I think that. We, we saw this in the preseason. You talk about a small sample size, two games. Yeah, but in the preseason, we saw this many shots on goal. So it, it seems as though, you know, this is the style of defense that they're going to play. And again, like Randy said, as long as they aren't shots that are right in front of the goaltender where he he has an opportunity to, to see him from a ways away or you have bodies in front of him uh, that can block some of those shots, I think it makes it less dangerous which is better for for Jordan Bennington. He was one of the best players last year on a team that wasn't really good <clears throat> and the and the Blues were losing, you know, 4 to 1, 5 to 1, and you could ask well why how is the goalie playing well but they gave up four goals? Well, you know, three of them weren't really on him. So, uh it's exciting to see how well he's playing right now with a better defense in front of him. I'm with you though. I do want to see more opportunities of scoring on the power play. If you have a man advantage, you have to get the shots on the net to see if you can get a rebound. or or you know, sometimes things just go your way. it It, it finds a way to get into the into the net. But if you don't
3: shoot it, you'll never you'll never score. Yeah. I think sometimes, because of all the numbers, we have a tendency, to complicate hockey yes and it's basically pretty simple you know keep the puck on the perimeter chip it out of your own zone get it to one of your teammates let the clock be your coach Uh, there are so many things get the puck in the offensive zone four check bang bodies and get the puck away from the opposition in the offensive zone it really is not as complicated as a lot of people would like to make it and that's one of the things i love about chief is chief Makes it very simple. You have to be willing to sacrifice your body. You have to be willing to live with a little pain sometimes to win at hockey. But it is, uh, at its core, a very simple sport.
4: Well, and the block shots is one of the biggest things that I've noticed mm-hmm. as a huge positive outside of Jordan Bennington is the block shots, and also Colton Pareco being a part of that. I mean, you had 18 block shots in general with against Dallas, and then Seattle they had 17 block shots. Colton Pareko in that game against Seattle accounted for six of the block shots. To me, I think you're seeing, possibly in these first few games, a healthier Colm Pareco in action. And we know that he's battled through injuries, and I almost wonder if that's how he kind of played, or why he kind of played conservatively early last season, and we saw a better version of him towards the end of the season last year. Mm -hmm. But I think that maybe you can see a healthier Colton Pareko in action. And the block shots, when you see a guy sacrificing their body like that, then that really does elevate everybody else because it just kind of is a mentality thing from that point where it's like, okay, if that guy is willing to do that, then I need to step up what I'm doing in the moment too.
5: I agree. I think he has been playing better. I think last year he was dealing with an injury, Randy. I, I can't remember. I think it was a uh, back. Well, how
4: long did he have that? Uh, about a week back. Oh, <laughs> No. <laughs> well, yeah, this is this is an issue in St. Louis. This is not just a Cardinals issue. This is an issue in St. Louis. It we is. need more chiropractors yes. in this we, uh, city. Yeah. <laughs> I, I,
5: but I do agree, Burke. I think he is playing better. He looks healthier. Uh, it just looked like he was slow and, and a little bit sluggish mm-hmm. last year, and so this year he does look a little bit better, and so hopefully. This is the version of the St. Louis Blues that we'll get for 82 games. Now, we we know that injuries will occur. Uh, we already have one with pa- Pavel Bucinavich and him going down. Uh, I want to ask, when we talk to J.K., I want to ask him who he thinks is going to be on that line with him. Who is the best fit to be on the line with Thomas and Kyrou with Bucinavich being out? Because I think that is an impactful moment, an uh, in- impactful thing with him being out yeah. for an extended period of time or, or for a Rana? week or two.
4: Up there, I thought Sod performed so. pretty well with him. Yeah, the other and night, they did though. put Saad up there. You but but What did, about Verona? I, I
5: would like, I would like that. Yeah, I, mean, I think both of those guys flying on the.
3: I don't, I just don't know if you have enough defensive hey. consciousness there.
5: <laughs> <laughs> You're know? you gonna get shots on, on goal, though. <laughs> you are.
3: <laughs> You're From worried about team. that top line. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's today's fresh day. By the way, I think one of the things well, I want to make this other point about Pareco. Yes, I think that the blues have come to an understanding and talked to Colton about this. And we need to come to the understanding that he's not going to be a 60 point defenseman. He's not going to be drew dowdy. He's not going to be the guy. And he has the ability to get the puck out of the zone. And he's got the big shot, but ask him to be like Jay Bomeister, ask him to be a great defender. And if the offense is there, take advantage of it. But I don't think that the expectations of Pareko have been what he, what his skill set really is. And that's a, an emotional, that's a mental, that's a physical skill set. I think asking him to be the best defender that he can be is the best way to utilize him.
4: Yeah, and it's hard to go out and find something that can replace that, right? That's Mm -hmm. a lot of minutes to cover, and so I think just letting him, as you mentioned, just be who he is, and I feel like he was at his best when he was with J. Bo Meester. Those two together were really good during the Mm -hmm. Stanley Cup run, so that's something to look to. He's never going to be pronger. Maybe he gets a little bit angrier, but I don't know. Colton Pareko, I can't see him. He's like the gentle green giant, right? Yeah,
3: right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, That's Brooke, that's Carrie, I'm Randy. Coming up, uh, speaking of John Kelly, the TV voice so the Blues joins us next on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented
0: by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at boardwalkhardwood.com.
3: Carrie and Randy, and we head to the Celebrity Line and your TV voice of the Blues. I'm Valley. John Kelly joins us as he does every Tuesday morning. JK, good morning. How are you doing? I'm
7: doing well. How are you
3: guys? Everything's good. Okay, so the Blues have a couple of days off to practice here. They're one of seven teams without a power play goal. Uh, In your experience, John, especially early in the season, how much value is there in getting a couple of days just to practice things like special teams?
7: Well, you know, it's something, Randy, as you know, they practice almost every single day. And in every game day skate, they go over their power play alignment and personnel and things like that. So, you know, it's really early. And I will say this, that in the first game they faced perhaps one of the best penalty-killing units in the league in the Dallas Stars. And they pressure you all over the ice. And the Blues didn't make the adjustments necessary in the few power plays they had. Um, and I thought they had some better looks in the last game, but uh, you know it's far too early to to panic. I guess conversely, the penalty killing is really good, and that was that really struggled a year ago. So you know, I always say though, um, if, if you win the special teams and the goaltending battle every night, and obviously, you know, what does it mean to win the goaltending battle? Obviously, that can be subjective, but. You know, if your goalie is better than the other team's goalie and you win the special teams, you'll probably win 90% of the game. So it's crucially important to to do well um, in in both areas. So hopefully the Blues can get their power play um, going here in Game 3.
4: You just talked about Jordan Bennington a little bit there. Obviously, he has been really good in these first two games here. Do you think that this is sustainable, though, for the rest of the season with Bennington?
7: Um, well, he's not going to have a 1.00 goals against or a little less than that, right? Yeah. (laughs) Let's be honest. Uh, you know, Bennington, I think that he gets, um, you know, I I don't think he gets the respect he deserves, Brooke, quite honestly. I mean, I think some people who might not see the Blues play a lot or, or, or at all, and they say, well, look at his numbers last year, you know, he didn't have a very good year. Well, conversely, I think he had a very good year and, you know, he, he did get worn down, uh, last year because the Blues were desperate for wins and, and Thomas Grice, um you know wasn't able to go on a roll and, and they didn't use him in that uh, area as well. but you know I think that he is a, he's still an excellent goaltender and uh, obviously you, you know he won that cup and has a lot of swagger and you know the thing I like about him early on is his his confidence level. He, he's challenging so well and um, the Blues are at the same time doing a great job of blocking shots. Um, keeping shots from the outside in this new defensive system, although it's very early, um, I like what I've seen, um, that that they're keeping the things to the outside and making his job, you know, a bit easier. Obviously, it's not that easy. I mean, he's only let in two goals, but uh, he's off to a great start, and that's, Certainly wonderful to see.
3: John Kelly, it's interesting that you bring that up. We were talking about it in the last segment about keeping things on the perimeter. And, and when I hear you talk about it or I hear the coaches talk about it, it's what Bob Pleger told us for years, right? It's really a pretty simple game, and part of it is keeping the puck out on the perimeter and not in the middle of the ice.
7: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it if you watch hockey and, you know, you're a student of the game and, you know, players on the ice, and it's so much easier, obviously – watching from the stands of the press box. It's like, why did this guy do this or whatever? But it's not that easy. Um, but, you know, when teams cycle the puck, and that's what they do now, and, you know, obviously teams are scoring more off the rush. but generally speaking, teams cycle the puck. Well, guess what? Eventually the puck's got to get to the middle of the ice or to the front of the net. So if you defend that area, then you are going to prevent so many grade-A scoring chances. And, you know, it also takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of guts to block shots, and the, the Blues, I don't know exactly how many they had. They had 18 in Dallas and probably more than that uh, the other night against the Kraken. But um, not only do you have to play hard and play the system, but you, you've you got to be willing to eat pucks, as the coach says, and they've done a lot of that in the first two games.
5: J.K., how uh, impactful is the Pavel Buchnevich injury uh, to this roster right now?
7: Well, you know, Kerry, I think that you could argue he is one of the most important players on the team. Um, he, he really, to me, when you look at the Robert Thomas and Cairo and Butch line, he, he's almost the defensive conscience on that line, um, a, a super two-way player that can score and also make plays. So um, if he's gone for any length of time, that's going to be a huge blow because, I, like I said, I think he's one of the top two or three players on the hockey team.
3: Have you been able, to, and like we've said, there's only two games, have you been able to develop any early impressions of Kevin Hayes? Not really. You
7: know, Kevin Hayes has been, you know, he's been fine and solid, and um, obviously I think it's going to take him some time to to blend in with, uh, you know, his line mates Verana and Sammy Blay. but, um, you know, defensively, he looks very responsible and a big body. And, um, you know, I, I saw him play a couple of the preseason games and obviously in workouts and things like that. But, uh, you know, I think that a year ago, as we know, he had 18 goals. And um, with the players he's playing with and the role that he has on this hockey team, there's no way that he can't score 15 to 20 goals and be a solid third-line center. And who knows, maybe more. I don't know. But, um, you know, so far, so good as far as he's concerned.
4: Well, I'm sure we'll see at practice today who will be kind of working with that top line. I know that they had Brandon sod in the game after Buchnevich left. What do you think about Verona going to that top line?
7: Well, it'd be a lot of speed, I'll tell you that, because aside from Jordan Cairo, Verana might be the fastest player on the team. Uh, so, you know, that certainly would be an option. You know, I think the one argument to be made for sod if, if they're going to put him there again, um, like they did the other night, is that he's a better two-way player than Jacob Verona. So, you know, we'll see. But obviously uh, that would be enticing to have Robert Thomas, who's an elite passer, to play with two, uh, you know, blazing skaters um, like Verona and and Jordan Cairo. But uh, I guess we'll find out in a few hours what happens.
5: Jack, I want to go back to the defense, and and you talked about eating pucks. Does that put the the players at risk of potential injury, more injuries when they're uh, stepping in front of those shots in the manner in which they're expected to?
7: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what you have to do is cross your fingers that, you know, they don't get, you know, the broken ankles and whatever, you know, obviously it's a danger, it's a risk. But uh, nowadays the equipment carry is so good compared to what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago that almost every player, that's to me one of the biggest differences I see in the game today from the early days of the Blues You know, the Plager brothers, they blocked a lot of shots. And Al Arbor, with his glasses, blocked a lot of shots. Um, But, you know, generally speaking, that was it. And the forwards really didn't do that as much. But now every single player on the team um, is capable and willing to block shots. So, um, but to get to your point, obviously that is a risk. When you you play that style, you're going to block a lot more shots. And obviously the, the correlation between injuries goes up. But hopefully the Blues can avoid that and stay healthy. Uh, you know, it's not realistic. Someone's going to get hurt at some point, but, uh, yeah, the the risk is higher for sure. When you block that many.
3: Two official games. Have you determined whether or not the greatest challenge of your career is keeping Jamie rivers under control? (laughs) Um, no,
7: Jamie's doing a great job. Love working with him. And, uh, yeah, no, he's, (laughs) he's having fun. And, uh, you know, he, he had done, of course, about 20 games the last couple of years, but, uh, it was tough for him at times because he'd do a game and then not do another game for 20. And, you know, you're you're riding the bike and then you're off the bike and back on. now he knows he's going to be here every single night. So um, we'll develop more chemistry and, uh, you know, draw out that personality of his. He's a funny guy. So um, we're having a lot of fun so far.
3: That's what it's all about. John Kelly, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Okay, thank you. See you later. That's John Kelly, TV Voice of the Blues, joined by... Every broadcast, our own Jamie Rivers, so you can hear from 2 to 6 afternoons here uh, in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. And Jamie is, believe me, John, he's, he's uncontrollable.
4: <laughs> he's uncontrollable? What do you mean? <laughs> he's the
3: best. No, he's fun. He's, he's, he's funny. It's, it's fun to have him as part of your show
4: yes I also love listening to him on the broadcast he's I think great. he's done a fantastic job he, very insightful yeah
3: he the, the best guys are guys that make it fun and teach you something and Jamie yeah, does that he does a great job of that
4: coming up next on 101 ESPN how did
3: we do with the fight yesterday at 101 ESPN I, I lost 2-1 to one. Ew, Oh, it's so a rough day okay that happens Hi. No, you'd, be, you'd, you'd been on a roll I yeah exactly I've so very, okay we'll see if we can straighten things out here <laughs> so we have a fighter coming up what's yep. his name or her name
4: Well, he's got Kevin, probably Kevin. Kevin. Oh, there you go, Kevin.
3: Okay, he's next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101.
5: Welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Brimley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter again for the second day, Kevin. Kevin, how you doing? Hey, CD, how are you, sir? Doing wonderful. Are you uh, ready to take on Randy Carico? You got a big win yesterday against me. I was a little bit frustrated. <laughs> not gonna, not gonna tell you a lie. I was, I was a little bit bothered. Didn't, didn't sleep Sorry well last night. <laughs> Stayed up all night thinking about some of the decisions that I made during the fight. So. Hopefully you slept pretty well and you're well-rested and ready to take on Randy Character. Yeah, I had my family call me camp all day. They didn't really <sighs> like that. <so. sighs> okay, good job. <laughs> all right, here we go. On this day in 1996, the Cardinals fell in Game 7 of the NLCS to the Braves. The Cardinals' pitching was less than stellar in that game as the Braves went on to win 15-0. to Which Cardinals starter got the loss in that game? Is it Mike Morgan, Alan Bennis, or Donovan Osborne?
2: So, oh, diamond Osborne.
4: Question number two. With his home run last night, Nick Casianos joined this Hall of Famer as the only players to hit five home runs in a three game span during the postseason. Is it Manny Ramirez, Reggie Jackson, or David Ortiz? Let's do Big Poppy.
5: Speaking of the Phillies home runs last night, Bryce Harper became the fourth player to hit a playoff home run on their birthday. Which cardinal was the last one to do it, pulling off that feat against the Cubs in 2015? Is it Jason Hayward, Mark Reynolds, or Colton Wong? Do
1: do Colton
0: Wong.
4: Final question, the Phillies won their 10th straight home playoff game against a National League opponent, a new Major League Baseball record, passing the 04-05 Cardinals. Which team ended that Cardinals streak at nine? Was it the Dodgers, the Padres, or the Astros? The Astros. All right, we'll double check that score and we'll bring in Randy Carricker.
5: Kevin, how you feel? Terrible, CD. Terrible. Really? Terrible. Oh man. What was she did, how did you feel yesterday? I'm in, in, intrigued now.
2: <laughs> I feel pretty good yesterday. Okay? I'm not going to lie. Oh, felt pretty
5: good okay, well, well let's yeah. see how, how this goes. Randy character is back in the building, in the room. Randy, say hello to
3: Kevin. Kevin, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, Randy. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on your win yesterday, and we appreciate you playing. Thank you,
5: sir. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. Here we go. On this day in 1996, the Cardinals fell in Game 7 of the NLCS to the Braves. The Cardinals' pitching was less than stellar in that game as the Braves went on to win 15-0. to Which Cardinal starter got the loss in that game?
3: I didn't know a human being could sweat as much in 40-degree temperatures as Donovan Osborne did that night. I mean, you talk about the uh, the quintessential deer in headlights. Is oh. too much for him? Yeah, it was uh, poor Donovan Osborne. Ah. Good guy, but he was overwhelmed by that situation, and the Cardinals were too. What was the score of that game? Fifteen to zero. It was not
5: mm-hmm. great.
4: Not great. Nope. Question number two: With his home uh, run, excuse me, home run last night, Nick Cassianos joined this Hall of Famer as the only players to hit five home runs in a three game span during the postseason. Who was it?
3: This Hall of Famer. Mm. Uh, I would guess that it's probably somebody that hit multiple home runs. Well, you almost have to. If you're going to hit five in three games, you almost have to hit multiple home runs. In a, postseason.
4: <laughs> a little rhetorical, huh?
3: I am going to say that in 1977, Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, probably did that when he had his three home run game and then had two other games with homers. I'm going to go with Mr. October, Reggie Jackson.
5: Speaking of Phillies home runs last night, Bryce Harper became the fourth player to hit a playoff home run on their birthday. Which Cardinal was the last one to do that, pulling it, pulling off that feat against the Cubs in 2015?
3: 2015. I will do the lifeline here.
5: Jason Hayward, Mark Reynolds, Colton Wong. Okay.
3: Uh, the J. Hay Kid. Mark Reynolds or Wonger. In that series against the Cubs that the Cardinals wound up losing I will go with hmm I'll go with uh I'll go with Wonger
4: Final question. The Phillies won their 10th straight home playoff game against a National League opponent, a new Major League Baseball record, passing the 04 05 Cardinals. Which team ended that Cardinals streak at nine?
3: 04 05 Cardinals. Uh, it seems like to win 10 in a row. They won nine in a row, right? So and yes. 10, 10 broke the record. Uh, 10 straight home wins. Okay, so in 05, we had Houston in the NLCS. Did they beat us at home they uh, and who did we play in the first round that year uh, I'm trying to think was it a sweep oh five um, this should become be easier for me than it is for some reason um, who did we have that year was anybody any good you oh we had um, we had the Braves I'm not sure But I'll I'll say that it was Houston. I'll I'll say that Houston broke that string.
6: All right, we have a outright winner in today's fight, but it was very, very close. In fact, I don't think we've had a 2-point win in a fight in like a week at this point. It's Ooh. been it's been all one-question wins, and today was no different. Another one-question win. Was it Kevin on his way to a Hall of Fame shot on Wednesday or did Randy Kerr come in here 3 days rest with another win? Ring. That bell.
1: Go crazy, folks.
6: Go crazy.
0: Winner and still champion
3: of the fight, Randy Carricker. Oh, I forgot this part. (laughs) Just win, baby. It had been a while.
6: (laughs) There it is, Kevin. I'm sorry. Randy Carricker hit the jack. He got all four correct. He beat you four to three today.
7: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
6: Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, Thank yeah, you good, for good, good. so much for joining the show, Kevin. Let's go through those questions and answers. On this day in 1996, the Cardinals get blanked 15 to nothing in Game Seven of the NLCS. It was, in fact, Donovan Osborne who gets tagged for
3: six earned runs in the first, goes just two and two thirds. So are, are you guys aware of uh, the scores of the final three games of that series it's after the Cardinals were up three one? Great. Uh, so, uh, games uh, one through four, the Cardinals took three out of four. Game five, they lose 14 to nothing. Game six, they lose three to one. Game seven, they lose fifteen to nothing.
6: They they lost thirty two to one one. in the last three games of an NLCS.
3: It's not great. No, it was not. troubling.
6: <laughs> with his home run last night, Nick Castellanos joined this Hall of Famer as the only player to hit five home runs in the three-game span during the postseason. This was the difference maker in the fight as, Randy, as uh, Randy correctly went with Mr. October, who in games four, five, and six of that 1977 World Series put up one home run, one home run, and then three home runs in game six to put in five and three games. Speaking of Phillies home runs last night, Bryce Harper became the fourth player to hit a playoff homer on their birthday. It was, in fact, Colton Wong against a loss to the Chicago Cubs in 2015, who hit a home run in Game 3, and the Phillies won their 10th straight home playoff game against the NL, a new Major League Baseball record, passing the 4 5 Cardinals, which team ended that Cardinals streak at 9. It was, in fact, the Houston Astros because the Cardinals beat up on the Padres in the series before that in 2005, and they beat up on both the Dodgers and the Astros in 2004 playoffs to start that streak, but again, broken by the Astros in Game 2 of that year's NLCS at Bush Stadium. So a 4-3 win for Randy character today in the fight. Thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show, Kevin.
2: Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You too, Thanks. Kevin. Take Cheers.
3: care. Kevin with us on the fight on 101 ESPN. Coming up, it's the latest edition of our new segment, the Copycat Cardinals. Are the Phillies a better guide to how the Cardinals can balance a new influx of swing and miss pitching? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
2: you
3: Well, the Phillies are back in the National League Championship Series for a second consecutive year, perhaps on their way to the World Series for a second consecutive year. And as we talk about what the Cardinals need to do to try to copycat successful organizations, one of the things the Phillies have done, according to The Athletic, is specifically target relief pitchers. And it's not as if the Phillies, according to The Athletic, have stumbled upon some incredible revelation. Here's what their director of pitching development and assistant pitching coach Brian Kaplan said. don't think it's a major secret that teams are trying to acquire stuff but it's the consistency and the durability of the stuff from the beginning of the season all the way through the playoffs that's what is truly valuable and the Cardinals have never at least in their successful run had that throughout the course of well when Bruce Suter was there and this was back in the 80s that they had it they had the same group of guys but under the DeWitt ownership for the most part, the Cardinals big thing during the trade deadline has been to go get a reliever. In 2011, they completely turned over their bullpen. And it is harder now to make those trades, and I wonder what the Phillies are doing. And according to the article, the Phillies believe this is where they have uncovered something. They don't want to discuss it. It's one thing to target pitchers who throw hard. It's another to take those pitchers and optimize their pitch usage and strike throwing ability while keeping them healthy.
4: Everything circles back to talent evaluation and development, because while I didn't go into much depth or detail there, they did reveal certain things. One, they talked about five years ago about what they considered their elite velocity being around 95. Now they're looking at more 97, which is something that, of course, every Major League Baseball team wants. But they also invested significant resources into their biomechanics department. They really turned things around with their strength and conditioning because not only was elite velocity a priority, but making that velocity durable for the entire season, not just the regular season, but they also spoke about an emphasis on postseason as well. And I think that that is interesting, too, to think about, okay. Okay, when you're looking at this whole developing talent, how much does strength and conditioning play into that? And they saw that and they made some significant changes starting in 2020. And they were awarded last season for the developments and their strength and conditioning department. That was
5: one of the things that during the season I thought may be something that they needed to look at the Cardinals. Speaking of that, because you had Stephen Matz getting injured doing mm-hmm. deadlifts in the weight room, you you had guys with a lot of back injuries and, and obliques. Obliques can come from swinging the bat, but you know some of the injuries that I felt like they were dealing with came from or could come from you know just not properly managing how they're taking care of their bodies, which is concerning. If you have a multitude of injuries and a multitude of the same injuries, those are that becomes a, a question of how are we training on our off days what are we doing to prepare our bodies how are we staying ready Uh, and the Cardinals have a lot of things to look at not only on the field but off of the field how they're going to go forward in 2024 to be a better baseball team because it was just it just felt like it was so many things that went wrong last season it's almost like everything that could go wrong did go wrong and so you know evaluating talent properly and then developing that talent properly making sure that guys are who they who we think they are, and if they aren't, how do we get them better every single day uh, and that that that's again I, I put a lot of it on the players to make sure that they're prepared because I know some of the mistakes were just players on the field making mistakes, but some of the things can be corrected um, off of the field in terms of how you take care of your body and how you
3: prepare and during this season, during the twenty twenty three season Phillies relievers threw harder fastballs on average than any other bullpen in baseball at 96.3 miles an hour. That was a half mile an hour faster than the next closest bullpen and a full mile an hour faster on average than the third and fourth ranked bullpens. So how can the Cardinals copy this? It would seem that one way to start is to try to bring back Jordan Hicks.
4: I don't think that that you, will you, happen. I think that that ship has bring the, sailed.
3: bring the, 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 the velocity up. That is elite velocity. One of the things the Phillies have is they have, and this is a conundrum, they have experienced youth, which mm-hmm. is good. What the Cardinals need to do is determine who can and who cannot be a starter among their hard throwers. What is Gordon Graceffo going to be? Would he better serve the Cardinals in the bullpen or as a starter? What is Tink Hentz, who throws almost 100 miles an hour, would he better serve the Cardinals in the bullpen or as a starter? And then how can the Cardinals go about making those players as durable as possible? The Phillies ended the season with two relief pitchers on... The injured list. You go back to uh, what the Cardinals had on the heck. We lost our key guy before the season even started <laughs> in Wilking Rodriguez,
6: <laughs> oh. right? Oh.
3: And then, oh. uh, uh, uh,
5: yeah, Jojo Romero was on the IL. Yep. Steven Mats. Um, who am I missing? There were a few... We had a lot of guys. A few guys that were... Matthew at the end. Matthew Libertor. Yeah. There was a... That, and that's what I'm saying. All of the injuries that took place, you you start to question, you know, how are we preparing for day in and day out, the, mm-hmm. the, the rigors of an entire season, making sure the guys are ready, prepared, and staying healthy uh, for the entire 162 Randy, I think one of the Packy other issues, Naughton. Naughton, I oh, think yes. one of the other issues was we talked about just the the inability to be flexible in the bullpen from this season. They had to they had a bunch of guys that they could not send up, bring up or send down because of mm-hmm. the 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 lack of, you know, the lack of ability to move those guys. So, going forward, again, I hope that the 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 idea is to have some of those younger guys in the bullpen, get you some veteran starters, get a couple of them Get some young guys in the bullpen so they can all learn,
3: mesh, and grow together as a unit. And one other quick point I want to make is you do have to, and the Phillies did a great job of maximizing. One of the things that Dave Dombrowski has uh, said in the piece is that we had coaches at our major league level and throughout our system who wanted to maximize the talents. Clearly, I think this is... We we can state fact here that when you have as many relievers leave the Cardinals and go elsewhere and perform at a higher higher level, the Cardinals aren't maximizing their relief pitchers as well as they can because Texas got more out of Stratton, the Blue Jays got more out of Henningsis Cabrera. Uh, we, we saw we, we've seen it throughout the last couple of years, but specifically to this year with. Um, uh, Blake Wheeler being in charge of the pitching, um, it's, it's not happening this year.
4: No, that's not his name. Yeah, but that and that's the point, though, too, is that when you see these pitchers go elsewhere, you wonder about what is going on from the talent evaluation standpoint. And when you're talking about Gordon Grisofo and Michael McGreevy, you need to be ahead in those situations because you also don't want to go through another Zach Thompson situation. Yeah. I know that John Moselock addressed that towards the end of the season, that that was something that they will look back on as kind of a mistake and how they need to handle these situations moving forward because having him go up and down, having him in the bullpen, then stretching him out as a starter, just think about how much further he could have been in one of these defined roles Have you, if you did not do that to him in those situations. And you can't make the same mistake with some of these younger pitchers, especially when you're rebuilding this bullpen moving forward so it does it goes all back to talent evaluation saying hey this is your defined role this is what you're working with we won't move it explain to them why because some you know as we saw with Jordan Hicks he was still talking about being a starter for a while there remember that mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I get giving guys opportunities but at the same time if you know that he is best as a closer or a reliever role then you need to go ahead and say this is going to be a role and here's why and have everything. You have the numbers to back it mm-hmm. up show him why because he really exceeded expectations in that role and when he was able to thrive and I think that's the thing that you have to do moving forward is just identifying that talent define role and just keeping it that way and I like what the Phillies did too about re-looking at the little details of things of looking at their strength and conditioning and seeing how that factors into keeping these guys durable for the rest of the season. There's so many little things there's the obvious things but the little details like that that also make a difference.
5: Randy, you weren't here yesterday, but we talked about uh Martin Kilcoin had a piece where he talked about Yadier Molina potentially returning. How, how does that impact the bullpen hey, and the starters? Let me
3: let me start with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why would you <laughs> hire Yadier Molina as your bench coach when everybody in the world knows that if he's your bench coach, he's your manager? Mm. Right? Hey, what, if he, it, what if he were your pitching coach? you telling me that uh, Well, again, why hire him as a coach when you know he's your manager?
4: And I can't imagine that he would come here without knowing that he could be the manager. And
3: being in control, right? Yes. Why would he want to... I, if, I would, he's going to put in the time, why would he... Would, because here's the thing. Is... If Yadier Molina says something to, in the seventh inning, Yadier Molina says we need to bring in Gallegos now to Ali Marmol. Is Ali Marmol going to say no? So here's my here's my here's my
5: my thing. I think Yadi has or would have enough respect for Ali and understand the hierarchy of his position and his role. When you are an assistant coach, your job is to assist the head coach or the manager. It's not just to assist your players. It's to assist the head coach. But so he didn't for, do it as a player. Well, well, that's yeah, what I'm saying. If he were to come back, that would have to be him understanding that that's his role. If you come in, it would be the worst idea ever to bring Yadi or Molina in and not have him know mm-hmm. that he is not the manager. He He would have to be understanding of that role, respectful of the the, the position of what Ali Marmol is in that dugout and on that team, and if he's not willing to do that, then you're setting yourself
3: up for a worse situation than you had in 2023. Well, let me start with this. I would love for Yadier Molina to be in the Cardinal dugout. I never thought that he would do it Mm -hmm. because of the hours involved and the money involved, but if he would do it, that would be a great add for the Cardinals. But it does go back to What we heard from A.J. Pruszynski when we had him on in 2014. Yeah, Yeah, he was in charge of the whole organization. But I also always remember what Hall of Famer Ted Simmons said and he thought yadi was, he says he's a Hall of Famer. He said or Molina could not only be your catcher, but he can be your hitting coach, your pitching coach, and your manager all in one. And essentially he was for a lot he of was. those years. So if you can have him, how much better would he make Wilson Contreras on a regular basis? He and that how much better the other would he thing make those pitchers? Yeah. All of those things, if you have him in-house, it'd be great. Now, if he can use his time where he doesn't have to deal with the media, that'd be even better. If he can be... Spending his time working with players, making players better, making uh, pitchers better, making the other coaches better, all the better, because he would waste a lot of time. It would be unfortunate if he didn't have time to spend with players because he was spending it with the media. But I think they're like you say, CD, there has to be an understanding of who ultimately is in charge. And I know that Ali Marmol is strong, but I also know that I haven't seen anybody. I mean, when Yadi and Molina would tell Tony LaRussa what to do, Tony LaRussa did it
4: exactly. Like, it, that's that's a the little, thing bringing a in. Strength, strength and there's a, personality.
5: There's a little difference from your player that's on the field telling you that in comparison to your assistant coach mm-hmm. telling you that. It, it's coming from a different place as a player. If one of my players says, "Hey, coach, we need to do this," mm-hmm. I'm probably you know I'm, I'm going to listen to it as opposed to a former player say, "Hey, do this now." I, no. You know, it, it depends on what place is coming from. And then a manager yeah. or a head coach, it also depends on my my level of security, understanding that, you know what, he's right in this situation. At the end of the day, my name goes on the wins and losses if I'm the manager. So I have to take – I have to be comfortable with whatever decision I, is suggested to me. But I just feel like if, if, if Yadier Molina were to come back in that role – he is, in my opinion, would be respectful enough of the position of the manager to understand, at the end of the day, his name goes on the wins Mm -hmm. and losses, not mine,
3: so this is still his team. Now, if you're Ali, look at it from this perspective, you're the manager, and you have a crucial move to make in the eighth inning, are you going to go with the numbers guys gonna it, had the Yadier Yadier meeting, or, or are you going to go with or Molina's oh, eye oh, test? we are going with
4: or Molina and that's why bringing or Molina, I was talking about this yesterday, is a great decision because I think that it's signaling that the organization believes in the gut factor and the eye test and I think that that's a great transition. That's something that we want to see moving mm-hmm, yeah. forward. There is a place for numbers, of course, but also being able to filter that in of what is necessary and what is not is vitally important and Yadier, Yadier can do that. Yanni can do that for the organization. He can do that for the players. And that experience is something that is worth every single penny bringing him in.
3: Based on what you know, would you be surprised, Brooke, if Yanni would return to this organization?
4: No, and I I talked about this yesterday, Uh, Polo Asensio, we have the Balk About It show, and I've asked him about that several times on the show, and you can go back and look, and he says Yachty wants to come back, he wants to be a manager, he sees himself as a manager of the organization, of the Cardinals, and he did think, this was a little while ago though, he did think it wouldn't be this soon necessarily, Mm -hmm. but Yachty really wants to be a manager. I think that he thrives in that role and having just witnessed the way that he worked with players and specifically the catchers but the pitchers seeing that first hand over mm. the years just covering the Cardinals in the clubhouse and seeing them in action in spring training Yachty had his hands on every single aspect of the Cardinals organization. Yeah, no
3: doubt. He could get bored in a hurry I, if it's only a year. He's been here, been away for a year. I can see how he could say yeah this is boring. I want to I want to get back into it. That's Brooke. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up our Rush Hour Reset on 101
0: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Monday Night Football was eh, not great. 2017 Cowboys over the L.A. Chargers. There yeah just there it just really there. was it wasn't There's a game on
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, Joe and Joe and Troy made it a little bit better than it really was but uh, I, I, I feel bad for uh well I, Justin Herbert needs to be in a better situation I, and you're Carrie you called Brendan Staley, right off the bat, you're 100% right about him.
5: He's gonna he's gonna let you down at some point. Yep. He just just wait on it. You can give it time. Yeah. You know it, it's it's coming. You don't have to wait too long. It'll be there before you know it. <laughs> the thing that I do like, I don't know if it was on last night because I didn't turn to it, but when they have terrible Monday night games, turn on the Manning cast.
3: Yeah. Right. Now, yes. if
5: you are bored to death with the football game. Turn on the Manningcast because it is so informative. They teach you, for those that may not know, the the nuances, the the intricate details of the game. You know, the the small details that you can learn from two great quarterbacks, future Hall of Fame uh, in one, and 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 current Hall of Famer in the mm-hmm. other. Eli not in the hall of fame but, you know. No, but he will uh, be. He will be. So you, you can learn from those guys and then they have funny guests that come on and you mm-hmm. know make you laugh. So if you're bored with the game, here I am reaching reaching out to those that need to listen to the Manning Cast. It is hilarious and informative all at the same time. Twenty to seventeen <laughs> cowboys. <laughs> That's true. And they
3: rebound. Yeah. Uh, baseball yesterday rangers over the astros five to four and in a stunning development bruce Bochi stuck with his starting pitcher <laughs> when he loaded the bases with nobody out in the fifth inning Bochi on the performance of nathan evaldi i think you're talking about one of the elite pitchers in the game they have that ability uh, to turn up a notch when they have two and we made an error, bases loaded, and it's about picking each other up. And he picked us up there and just made some great pitches. And then that was a turning point in the game. Bases loaded, nobody out there in the fifth. And found a way to get through it. And uh, terrific job by him. He had good stuff uh, today, he pitched very well. And Does he sound more like Lou Brown than he ever has? <laughs> And that is a winning streak. He does. <laughs> it has happened
4: before. That was just such a huge moment. You talked about Jordan Montgomery in that first game. He had his own moment in the fourth inning. And then for Evaldi to do that in the fifth, that was just a complete Houdini act. I don't know how he got out of that. I didn't have faith in it because I was like, well, I've seen so many different situations. I'm like, surely he's going to get pulled here. Wait, what is this? They're actually going <laughs> right. to let him figure this out to get out of yeah. this jam with no outs? I was really surprised about that I don't think many other managers in Major League Baseball would have had the stomach to no. do that, but Bruce Bochy he looked comfortable. He yeah. didn't even look worried. Oh,
5: the Rangers have their own version of the Holy Trinity: Oh, Spores, Chapman, mm-hmm. and Leclerc. They they yeah. they, they, they they're going to try those <laughs> three <laughs> guys. <different. laughs> no, it's a little different, but yeah. it's theirs, right? We have ours. They have theirs. <laughs> now, now hold on, tomato,
6: tomato. Leclerc set a MLB record being the first closer to ever close out the first seven games of his team's postseason I didn't know is, you could pitch that many is games. is consistency <laughs> and availability useful for something. a playoff squad? Rolls okay. it, it, something, roles? It, it's something Even well, roles, yeah, maybe? defined roles oh, okay.
5: definitely in all facets of life are are beneficial to all parties. I, I I just you know, that's my opinion. But yeah, you know, they got some guys there.
3: Here's Evaldi getting out of that fifth inning bases loaded nobody out jam yeah i mean it's tough right there in
6: that situation um they pitch hit for diaz um i know he's been aggressive and i was able to make some good pitches make make him expand and then you know obviously altuve's had a lot of success against me in the past
0: and i feel like our earlier at bats today i was missing effectively to where it kind of set up that moment um once i got him ahead when i was ahead one two and i went with the
3: high fastball and been able to follow it up with the splitter it was you know you're close, but you're not out of the woods yet because Bregman's equally as talented. And um, you know, I was able to make a good pitch right there and get us out of that jam. And I feel like that was one of the turning points of the game. It was
4: the Which turning What just happened there? Did he? Robot. Did he go into space? <laughs> he Wait, into he's an alien, he isn't turned he? Into yeah. a robot. You heard it. <laughs> Yep. So wait, that's how he was able to get out, right? It's <laughs> answers.
3: Now 7-3 and three in the postseason with a 2.87 earned run average. 62 and two-thirds innings in nine starts. So he oh has God. been pretty good. And then last night, the Phillies hit a bunch of home runs early. Three home runs in the first two innings. And they were able to stave off the Diamondbacks 5-3 and take a one nothing lead in that series. Game two of that series is tonight. 6.30 pregame here on 101
5: ESPN. I, I wanted to ask you before you went to the Phillies game, do you think the Astros are cooked? Do you think, no. they're, they're, you think they have a chance to get back into this series
3: and potentially still win? Starting winning? pitching. Starting okay. pitching. Yeah. And, and I we just don't know about Max Scherzer tomorrow night either. Uh, but yeah, that's
4: it, the big thing. It's going to be his first time pitching since September 12th. I did think it was really impressive how the Rangers were you know, really bent in that game, but they didn't break. I, I was saying this during one of the breaks. I kind of want the Rangers, though, to lose at least one game so that you can really gauge their response. Because I think that's when you really see things. I think about that whole you know NLDS between the Braves and Phillies. With the Phillies, the way that they were able to come back and respond, and now they just feel unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I want to see how the Rangers respond after, the lo- after a loss. Yeah,
3: and they can pitch. They they have a huge advantage now. And the the luxury of being able to pitch... Max Scherzer in a Game 3 is huge because if he's anything like he usually is, then they're up 3 nothing and they're playing with house money the rest of the way.
4: Yeah, so exactly. So that would
3: be interesting. There is your Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. Coming up, does Mizzou have a chance in Athens next month because of the loss of the best player in the country by the Bulldogs? It's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: There are those that believe that the Georgia tight end Brock Bowers, the 6'4", 240-pounder, is the best player in the country. I think it was Desmond Howard before the season that determined that Bowers was going to be his Heisman Trophy favorite. Bowers with 41 catches for 567 yards and four scores. He's out with an ankle injury and will be out when Mizzou faces Georgia in a couple of weeks down in Athens. Does this give Missouri a little bit more chance against Georgia. Yes, I don't think Missouri will be favored. In fact, I would think that Georgia will probably be favored by two touchdowns. But when the other team's best weapon is not available to them, then you have a little bit more opportunity to slow them down. And one thing about Georgia this year, they're great. They haven't lost. They haven't lost in a couple of years, right? They're the two-time defending national champs. But they haven't been as electrifying as they had been the last couple of years.
4: No, I think that there is definitely some holes there. But they're still the best team in the country right now, rankings-wise. And talent-wise, I think losing Bowers is huge for this team. I think three to six weeks... Is what they're saying for what his recovery is going to be like from ankle surgery. Um, at least Vanderbilt's good for something, guys. <laughs> That's and Mizzou fans can thank Vandy for that, right? Yeah,
3: and, and Vandy put up twenty on him, so <laughs> scored first. Yeah, there, there you go. The matters. Commodore
4: is actually uh, doing something there. But, but what I, was your line? Give us the line again. What? This is why you keep. This is why you keep Vandy around in the <laughs> SEC. Mm. See, yeah, it's it's right. so it he, works out for Mizzou. It's a great game if you're trying to get a coach fired. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's happened right i don't know i i think the thing is is that i it's a benefit but it's still georgia football i don't know if you can completely say that's this is winnable for mizzou
5: so uh, so are, are we not we are mizzou fans just looking past the south carolina game it's going to be a win yeah south carolina is not good okay I'm just asking. Well, you got I just Florida, like to know. right? I
6: don't think the team's going to be looking. No, they past play South, South Carolina, Carolina next. But, oh, this week, yeah. Yeah, fans they play South Carolina can, this week. Can do that. I don't care if fans look past teams. I don't care if teams just do. wondering. Yeah, I you're not going to look past South Carolina. It's a home game. It's homecoming against against arguably maybe the worst team in the SEC other than other than Vandy. Then yeah, you're you're chalking it up.
3: Good. Right. No, it's uh, that's always a swing game for the Tigers. You <laughs> n- you never know. You can't look past that game. I wouldn't. But you know, when does a home game in South, South Carolina ever hurt them? I would I would uh you
5: know, I, I I don't know that Mizzou can beat Georgia. I don't know that anybody can beat Georgia, despite uh, Bowers being out for an extended period of time. They are they have they are loaded throughout every part of their roster they they lose guys to the NFL draft and they just bring more and more guys in so i don't know that anybody is going to be able to beat them uh until maybe like the SEC championship mm-hmm. game or the the um the the college football playoffs that may be an opportunity but georgia's a really good football team despite this injury yeah they are and and they haven't even yeah. played great in terms of how right. they played over the last couple of years being championship
3: being a championship team right no all you can count on if you're Mizzou, is any given Saturday. And Georgia is, by the way, on a collision course with Alabama again for the SEC championship game. And for a down year, Alabama is undefeated in the conference. They're in first place in the SEC West. And wouldn't it be just like Nick Saban to have his team ready for an SEC championship game?
5: Oh, yeah. They, I mean, Alabama, it, this is probably one of the, I guess, would say one of the better years for Mizzou to have a an up year because you're having somewhat down years from from Alabama and from Georgia with their quarterbacks trying to figure out their -hmm. their quarterback situation, you know, with Georgia bringing in a new quarterback, Alabama got a new guy. So they're trying to figure out their situation, not hitting on all cylinders offensively, defensively, still playing well. Mizzou has played extremely well this year. Now, do you have any concern with them being down 14 to nothing on the road at Kentucky last
3: week? Yeah, I was concerned.
5: I think that would be a little bit of a concern, but, you know, they are playing extremely well this year
3: this moment. I think all of their remaining games and we said this after the Vanderbilt win. All of their remaining games are still losable games. That being said, with the concept of any given Saturday, it's every given Sunday, any given Sunday in the NFL, I do think that they're capable of winning all those games. Would everything have to go right would Luther Burden have to have an otherworldly day against Georgia? Yes. Tennessee is not what they were last year when Hendon Hooker was their quarterback. Florida f- Florida d- can't play defense for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, Florida is a team that is eminently beatable, but you could lose to them. Florida, uh, they lost to South Carolina 41-39 last weekend. Uh, so those two are, are pretty even. I, I really do believe that Mizzou, and it'll say a lot for, uh, for Eli and his staff if they can make this a nine-win season?
4: That would say a lot, because I think that even coming in the season, and I'll own up to it, I had some doubts on what the progression would look like. You bring in Kirby Moore, what will that look like? Bring in a new offensive coordinator, how will that mesh with Eli Drinkwitz? And would you be able to see Brady Cook kind of really take off as the as the Tigers starting quarterback, I felt like there was a lot of questions going in. So a lot of these games early on that I felt were kind of 50-50-ish, they've been able to win. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really encouraging with Kentucky. One, you were able to beat them in Lexington for the first time since 2013, but the manner in which you did it, they won in a way that I don't think I've seen with Eli Drinkwitz during his era, the way that they were able to really come up with something new and different and find a way to bring back momentum and really spark yeah. this team. Huge. That uh, was the huge. Fake punt. Yes, the fake punt to the touchdown, and that was also dismet's Luke Bauer that was a part of that. Mm-hmm. I think that that was really telling to me of the progression and growth that you've seen with Eli Drinkwitz. And with Brady Cook, he has really silenced a lot of doubters this season. You've seen the progression with Luther Byrne. You've seen also Marquise Speedy Johnson, his progression as another great receiver for Mizzou. They keep answering all of these questions and I think everything you've seen so far is great for the Tigers and I think that what they were able to do too defensively limiting Ray Davis which was a huge question mark going into that Kentucky game I think is telling I think that this will be a good game against Georgia but you do have to get past South Carolina first so let's
3: just look at from a 5,000 foot view let's look at the rest of the season six and one starting with you Matthew South Carolina when that's seven and one Brooke
4: uh i uh, South Carolina
3: yeah. and Mizzou this weekend.
4: Oh, when for Mizzou. For Mizzou.
3: I'm not doubting in that. Seven and one. Uh then you go to Georgia. Loss. That, let's be reasonable.
4: It's <laughs> close, but
3: yeah, it's close, but it's a loss. Okay, seven, is it two. close? Bro,
6: it, it was close last I, year. I, think it's gonna, good.
4: I still think it's gonna be close but a loss. Okay. okay. Seven
3: and two. Okay, last Tennessee day. at home.
4: Ooh, at home. Every is game the big sold bay. out.
3: For the rest of the season. And I'll give. I you know will, what I'm I'll say, say. I will say. Win. I think Mizzou I'll wins say that win. too. W. Yeah. yeah. So eight and two. Florida at home. I just catch my bet. Florida coming in from the warm weather to uh, Mizzou on November eighteenth. W. Oh.
6: Florida games are always close. In I, fact, I think Mizzou actually
3: plays better yeah, in the swamp. Yeah. Let's just go W. On Nine and two. W. Okay. And then the game at Arkansas might be the, that
4: one's always interesting. Might be the
3: Sam Pittman farewell tour though. Ten and two.
4: Uh, another one. Ten ten and two, Mizzou. <laughs> how about that? Ooh, there you go. I, I, a, I, new I, not, a new expectation, a new CD, how how strong is your belief in that record?
5: I, I'm good with it. Did you hear are the they, clapping? Are they going to win the SEC championship? Probably not.
3: Okay, Georgia will I, play in the SEC but here's championship. here's the thing about this game, New, new Year's Georgia. Six bowl game though. Yeah, probably. That's not. It. now. Now we're talking.
6: All right now, I think they're still projected to get like the Independence Bowl. <laughs> not if they're ten and two. But then they will. If they're
3: an SEC, a ten two SEC team. Very well. It nice. A, it is a week. It, it is maybe the well, weakest have, year for the
6: conference in the you'll last
5: have like ten. LSU, Alabama, Georgia, all with as good a record or better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's three teams that will be in, one of them be in the championship yeah. game, so then two of them will okay. be in the Okay, the if they day, beat Georgia,
4: then that would just be... Yeah, don't be,
5: that that
3: even mean, dare here. to dream. Then they can play in the SEC but championship game. game. And get smoked by Alabama. It was a
5: close game
6: last year. And
3: they'll
5: be the a- 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 SEC <laughs> East champions.
4: <laughs> Go Tigers! Yeah, everybody needs to get on YouTube and see, see this. Oh, yeah. sorry.
5: SEC East <laughs> champs.
4: <laughs> <CD>. <laughs>
0: I love it. I mean, oh, my you know, God. I was, if, Y'all if, if, love that SEC that East, man, East,
5: baby. If Missouri... <laughs> I, t- listen, I, I honestly thought, this is the God's honest truth, the way that Mizzou fans talk about winning the SEC East, I honestly thought they won the SEC championship.
3: Well, see, that's because they're looking at it from a rational standpoint because they aren't going to win the SEC championship.
5: Well, then say that they won. They didn't win the SEC. That's like what did Cincinnati do when they the 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 Cincinnati Football Club, Soccer Mm -hmm. Club? What is what a? Oh, Nashville? No, 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 Cincinnati, Nashville as
3: well. Cincinnati, Cincinnati the
5: the the, the Sports Shield's the one that matters. It's all that matters. We won it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. we won. (laughs) Uh, It's over. Don't 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 worry about anything else. Let's don't play the game after that. That you didn't win the championship game. I honest. Honestly, when people talk about that Mizzou team, was it 2013, 2014? Yeah, both I years. honestly thought that they won the SEC mm. championship. How they speak mm. about it. They won the SEC East. Go Tigers. Yeah. Uh, pretty much
3: <laughs> every team in sports
1: <laughs> though. Yeah. Oh,
3: man. Pretty, much, pretty much every team in sports is going to put up a banner for winning a division. I guess the Steelers don't no but, but don't. the cardinals i, I will win, tell you they, I, they I will, I will give you
5: I will tell you this so it was it was intriguing because at hazel Central, we have a long history of of winning mm-hmm. conferences and and districts and so we played a team that won the conference and they had t-shirts and banners and all this I'm like what the mm-hmm. hell is that we won the conference like three or four times I never got a t-shirt for that I don't we mm-hmm. don't care it, it, you you play to win championships and again I well, just thought that 2013 and 14 they were
3: But
5: here's the thing: you have to. Yeah, the thing
3: is, (laughs) you you play to win. But if you've if you've played for 120 years and you've never won a championship,
5: then you celebrate whatever victory
3: you get. get Exactly. There
5: There you go. The conversation
6: is is around the sport is only eight or nine teams are ever going to win a championship. So stop trying to think you're ever going to be one of those teams. When that's the discussion, the fact that you can't that you've entered the conversation
4: before does matter. Hey, all I want to say you is, it, though, you guys can't kids. make fun of Nashville anymore with all the banners that they raise. <laughs> no. Okay, if we're going to raise the banners, no. yeah, yeah, I'm just going to no. say, you can't make fun of Nashville yeah, anymore. Western Conference runners up, it's great. <laughs> 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 it is, you, you can't have
6: both, okay? Right. It's <laughs> we wonderful. Guys, <laughs> we got two comments on the YouTube channel that I got to read. Andy says, don't you wink at me, CD, I'm trying to focus at my work here. <laughs> 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 my also, First Time <laughs> says, CD is cracking me up, thank God we have YouTube to see uh, his face.
4: Exactly. You have to go and see us on the Air Alliance team studio cams. Oh, Oh, man. Beautiful picture. Too. They Wonderful really guys. are.
3: Wonderful. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> just go to the YouTube and, and fill that baby out. Coming up, can the Blues survive offensively without Booch and with a struggling power play? It's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're
0: back
2: to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
7: Well, it, it'd be a lot of speed, I'll tell you that, because aside from Jordan Cairo, Brock Verona might be the fastest player on the team. You know, that certainly would be an option. You know, I think the one argument to be made for Saad, if if they're going to put him there again, um, like they did the other night, is that he's a better two-way player than Jacob Verona. So, you know, we'll see. But obviously, uh, that would be enticing to have Robert Thomas, who's an elite passer, to play with two, uh, you know, blazing skaters um, like Verona and and Jordan Kyrou.
3: That's John Kelly earlier today here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN with the absence of Pavel Buchnevich, at least for a couple of weeks. How intriguing would it be to put Jakub, Jacob, Varana?
4: Jacob. Yes, it is Jacob, according it, to according him. According
3: to him, Jacob Varana, on that line with Thomas and Kairou. It would provide a tremendous amount of speed. However, somebody is going to have to become more defensively conscious than uh, they are at the moment. I... Uh, it, I don't see those guys playing the quintessential two hundred foot game that we talk no. about, and and Brandon Saad does play that.
5: It'd be a little bit of an issue on on, on the one back end. end, yeah. Okay, I, I mean, I, it would be fun. I mean, if you can get some shots on goal mm. and and get some opportunities, those guys will be flying. It's interesting to see what they decide to do with Pavel Bujinovic being out for for a little bit, because again, the power play has struggled. Uh, you know, getting guys in, in, in the offensive zone and getting shots on net is going to be crucial and critical to win some games. Jordan Benetton is playing outstanding. So mm-hmm. let's get him some, some goals to support his play on the defensive end and, and get him some wins in regulation as opposed to overtime.
4: I want Verana to be up there because of what J.K. was saying is the speed. And then what does it feel like we've been missing in these first two games, guys? speed speed and scoring so does that not help with that situation you have Robert Thomas there as your center in the way that oh yeah oh No. No. <laughs> no! Hey, but if they're, if they're quick way, enough, Randy, if weird. they're quick enough, and with, it's a small sample size, but with Jordan and Cairo, I think that you have seen him grow a little bit more as a two-way player. I think that there's already been some moments, especially in this last game I saw, where it was things that I didn't think that Jordan Kairou would typically do, where he's getting a little bit more involved on that side of things, and I think that maybe he's learning that if he gets involved in that way, as a little bit more of a two-way player, it doesn't mean that he has to sacrifice what mm-hmm. He's doing offensively,
3: and it, and you don't have the coach yelling at you.
4: <laughs> that's a, mm-hmm. that's, a <laughs> that's something that's very important. Yeah, all right. okay. It's, I mean, got it's interesting
3: because during the offseason whenever I would run into somebody from the Blues and say, "What about Cairo because he's obviously a focal point. Uh, inevitably, I was, don't worry about it. He's going to be fine. He's exactly. going to be fine. And and they had confidence. And I wish. Blues fans. Here's the thing. Guys become whipping boys. And Jordan Cairo is a really, really, really good player. Scored 37 goals last year. He's going to be a 40-goal guy. There's no reason to be upset with him during player introductions before the season even starts. Yeah. He's one of your best guys. Ask yourself this. Are you a better team with or without Jordan Cairo on your team? You're better with, with. him. You're better with yeah. him. Yeah. Yes. Right. And you, you don't find those yeah. guys.
4: And that was the thing that we were talking about earlier about the difference between where the Blues are at and why they kind of predicted or kind of were conservative with their determination that they'll maybe finish third, which I think would be fantastic. The Dallas Stars and the Avalanche have that core that's already established. You are currently growing that core right now with Robert Thomas, Pavel Buchnevich, and, well, we know that Buchnevich is injured, but he'll hopefully return here soon in one, two weeks. It won't be something that lingers on the rest of the season. But then also with Jordan Cairo, it's going to take a little bit for Mm -hmm. this core to develop. And I think that that's the biggest thing. I think that Jordan Cairo will continue to make strides this season. And if he grows and develops more as a two-way player, that's a win in my book.
5: What do you all think is missing on the power play other than just shooting the puck? What is what is it, What is it? causing them to be out of sorts right David now?
4: David Perron? No. Oops. No. No. Whoopsies. Wow. No, that's it. <laughs>
5: I,
6: I, I, I think there's a couple yeah. of
3: things. I think, number one, shooting the puck is at the core right you've only got two shots on mm-hmm. goal in that's two games kinda on the too. power play but you also once you get people to, to fire the puck from the point get somebody to stand in front of the goalie yeah. or so, to stand at least between the goalie and the shooter so that you have uh so that you take his eyes away take the goalie's eyes away and that is that that's power play 101 isn't it is take advantage of the man advantage by using a guy to block out the goalie's ability to see. And then, shoot the puck. And uh, just <laughs> That's kind
4: of important yeah, to yeah. scoring goals. Right. It's, right. It's, yeah. I, I think
3: sometimes, and I, Chief has talked about this, I think sometimes they have a, a tendency to get too cute. And, he did say that, yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't be cute, just play a game where... Don't be cute. Just fire the puck at the, at the net and see what happens.
4: Yeah, it's just the power play is not meshing right now. And that's the thing that I think you can point to is the biggest concern, because when Kerb said it yesterday where it looks the same as last season, that is not a great thing because your special teams, when the Blues have been successful, special teams is a big part of that. And the penalty kill has been great. It's just the power play, it still just feels like it's out of whack, especially with their breakouts and their neutral zone regroups. But then once they get set up, In the offensive zone, there's just not much happening there. I think that that's where maybe he's kind of talking about things just getting too cute. And that's what has led to zero goals. And
3: it's so early. There's seven teams without a power play goal. There's six or seven teams that haven't allowed a power play goal. It's, It's way too early to make a judgment about what the power play and penalty kill are or are not going to be. It's fun for us to react right away. But... I think we have to get to ten games before we can really make a judgment about what the with nah, the power player penalty kill. You
5: get is. to ten games and
3: don't score a goal. That's yeah, that, it, oh, that, that, that would be nice problematic. You get to five us. games yeah. and only have five or six shots. But you know what? We could come in here on Thursday morning and they could have a seventy-five percent power play, yeah. and we know that's not real either. <laughs> yeah, true.
4: Yeah. True. That's <laughs> Right? That is the case? True. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's very true.
3: So that's what we have to look at. Hey, we've got uh, John party tickets. Uh, everybody loves a party, right? Yeah. Party on. Yeah. So uh, we've got a pair of tickets to give away, uh, and we're going to play the the fun grab bag game. It's a grab bag giveaway coming up with rock and roll here on One Hundred and One ESPN.
2: You are back to the opening drive podcast on One Hundred and One ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Let's
3: rock. Let's rock today. All right, we've got a ticket giveaway. It's John Party. And uh, if you want to go see John Party, you have an opportunity <laughs> to win tickets right now from 101 ESPN. Matthew is here, and we've got a game to play
5: give me something good this no, time this, this nonsense you gave me this yesterday this is
4: redemption for CD this is redemption uh,
5: movies about baseball
4: yes Oh, oh, that's, a great, oh I like that. that's a good one this is one of the ones where oh, I have, I
5: have a bunch written down oh, but yeah. then I have like
6: a bunch of I have, I have like an ellipses oh, so at the written, end man. because there are just so many things you could possibly name here so, so many good the ones question good. the category is movies about baseball how many can Carrie Davis name in 30 Ooh. seconds we're gonna need your guesses right here whoever is gonna be closest to to the pin on the guesses that Kerry Davis has. We'll be walking away with John
3: Party tickets for this weekend. And by the way, John Party will also bring along special guests Midland and Ella Langley Saturday night, October 21st at Chaffetz. Tickets on sale now. And, of course, you can find details at 101ESPN.com. But we're going to have your chance to win free tickets to see John Party in this very segment.
6: Now, Carrie, you tanked yesterday's On Purpose to, to send I, a message, I think. I wouldn't think. say you On Purpose. Okay, for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll lie. Um, t- how do you feel about the, today's? I feel a little bit better. Okay. All right. We're getting, we're getting, a, some, b- we're getting a, a much wider delta yesterday. The delta was between one or zero and seven yeah. yesterday. We're getting a much wider delta here, Carrie. So I'm going to put All 30 right. seconds on the clock. Movies about baseball. Are you ready, sir? Yes. I'm going to say you get
3: 11. Oh, that's
5: a lot. Go. Sandlot, Angels in Outfield, The Rookie, Major League, One, Two, and Three, Um, uh, Fever Pitch. Uh, 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 Oh, what else am I missing? Oh, give me something. Come on, CD. Come on, CD. Come on. Uh, uh, The 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 Tom Selleck movie when he had the mustache in in (laughs) Japan. What is the name of that damn movie, man? Oh, come on. Uh, uh, oh, Oh, gosh. This is bad. Where am I at? Six? Seven. Seven? Seven. Yeah. <laughs> what am I missing? It's Give me something. Bad. Bull Durham. Bull Durham. There you go. Uh, Bull Durham. Give and me. there is the... What's the Tom <laughs> Selleck movie? Where? He was in the... He was in the... That the range.
6: best description. Sorry. But, uh, I think every Selig,
3: Tom Selleck movie is the one with the yes, mustache. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I did this too, so you knew I, I knew. So, Mr. 3000. <laughs>
5: Mr. 3000. I couldn't think was of That was a good did one. Did you say Moneyball?
3: slowly. I didn't say Moneyball.
4: I was surprised. Uh, I, I was surprised money you didn't uh, say Moneyball. A little
6: big ball. League, uh, big little, league. A league of their own. A league of their own. You said um, Sandlot, bad news right? Bears. I said Sandlot. Okay. Bad news okay. bears. Yeah.
5: Um, Will somebody tell me the name hmm. of the damn Thomas
6: movie? Game. Did you say the rookie? I said the rookie. You said the rookie. That was Field one of dreams. dreams. Field of Dreams. Another oh. One. Yeah, yeah, so Carrie got eight. Carrie got eight. So actually, how about this? The very first guess we actually got this morning, right out of the gate, was eight. So the 636 hit it right on the number. We're going to get their name. Get their information, see (laughs) if they're a winner. Because Carrie, you got eight. Baseball movies. A good job in thirty that's seconds. Great. You ripped off seven in the first eight seconds, I was, and, yeah. then, and then it took Mentally you a minute. one, two, three. Is
0: pretty.
6: I shouldn't. You know what? I shouldn't have doubted And This is the man that when I gave him the Yankees question, he simply just started yeah, listing yeah, years yeah, yeah, yeah. at the rapid pace, which is exactly what I thought. So, Mr. Baseball, Mr. Mr. Baseball. baseball that's
4: movie. the time I just like how movie, you said okay. the mustache, and it's like yeah. I, yeah. Think I think that's a part of this almost. I think he was born with that mustache. Yes, you are correct.
1: The one mustache is in Movie.
2: <laughs> <Any movie.
6: laughs> I, I want to touch on something else, because Randy mentioned that flag football is going to be at the Los Angeles Olympics coming up in 2028. That's not the only sport they're adding. Baseball and softball will be there. Cricket will be there. And in another um, kind of shoehorn, a good sport in there where Americans can and Canadians can beat the crap out of the rest of the world. Lacrosse has also been added to the 2028 hmm, Los good. Angeles Olympics, which made me kind of dive into, um, I... Um, Page, which maybe dive into a couple other additions that have been made to certain Olympics. Did you guys know that they have added the sport of breaking to the 2024 Olympics in, in Paris? What, what is break dance? It is break dancing. <laughs> I, I, that why did you, is, why would you just say co- break? Because is like, that, that is the colloquial? you call it, but I I, yeah, I, I to say
4: break dance. No, that like, not just the, break. Yeah. It. Do you go out there and break? That's, that's the, the term. That's the, that's the term like it's used I like, I, in yeah. the
6: competitive fashion. It is referred to as just as just breaking. Can
4: we have a crumping competition? Bring that back because kids these days don't remember that. So
6: France is adding breakdancing, So I want to ask you guys: if you guys had personal control over an Olympic game it can be a summer or a winter what sport are you adding
5: i'm adding football regular football, not flag football that's going to be mean to the rest of the the world though as if flag football is not (laughs) okay fair enough i mean at least uh, yeah give me give me regular football guys hitting people
6: i think there's
4: something
5: how about that
4: Hmm.
6: for me you know know what it is for me randy look we get the Ryder cup but that's just that's just America against Europe. I think we I think if golf was an Olympic event, team golf, team golf is an Olympic event where we could that that way. I mean, the haymaking teams from the, from the Asian tour would be absolutely fascinating to watch play the American team or the English team or the Scottish team. I would love if golf was
3: an Olympic event. You know what we need now, in this day and age, in our world, pickleball.
4: Yes. Oh, yes. Ooh, that is a we're good like four one. Olympics yeah. away
3: from that happening. Yeah.
4: yeah. Somebody said they took baseball out, but baseball's coming back, too, right? It's back right? for 28, right? Yeah, yeah. that's what and I thought. Yeah. Because yeah. somebody was worried about breaking, taking over for baseball. No, but that's just, don't worry, that's, that's not the case. just
6: for uh, the French uh, in Paris. They also added karate, which I thought was a weird move for the French. Just adding anything with fighting just seems like a bad
3: move. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Check out, yeah.
4: We. Oui. <laughs> I, can't
3: make, well, I can't make a joke about the French yeah. Jesus you guys are What else Low hanging American fruit. football is the, the logical American one. football American Or you know, send a
5: real basketball
6: team to the Olympics Oh By the way uh, Randy uh, You weren't here for yesterday's Grab bag giveaway hairy, <laughs> But the The Topic that I pulled out ah. that I accused Carrie of, of um tanking <laughs> on purpose tank. was I pulled out was he pulled out the twenty twenty three United States men's national team okay, FIBA ready, you go. roster. So the World oh, wow. Cup roster Name that Carrie was was dogging on this entire Name summer, not being the dream team. He uh, he named oh, one they're, they're of the thirteen go. NBA players. Jalen
3: Brunson? That's one. Jaron Jackson Jr. That's two. Um you're gonna smoke Kerry. This is great. No, I, I don't think so. Well, you're, you're right. We didn't have Bam. We didn't have a big man. Um, that's two. Ask me yeah. how many I got. Ready. How many did you get? One. You okay. One. You smoked me. You doubled yeah. my output. Good job. What
0: <laughs>
5: The hell, nobody knows who the hell is on that team, man. Anthony Edwards. That's who yeah. I said. So yeah. And then I said the Josh guy. He wouldn't give me Josh. I wouldn't give you Josh. Josh Hart. I didn't no, know his last me. name. He didn't even start yeah. for the Knicks. He's like the sixth man. (laughs) Who the hell knows his name?
3: No respect, no disrespect to Josh Hart. I I knew
5: this two months ago. I
3: was I was actually paying attention to it two months ago, but not anymore. Carrie, uh, somewhere
6: in here, I'm pretty sure at some point, somewhere in here is going to be one you really like because there's one that's in here that says the dream team. Oh, yeah. No, sign me up. I ain't all know, those, those guys. Are, uh, yeah. In
5: 30 seconds?
3: Yeah,
6: yeah. And I guarantee you Brooke's going to pull that one out of the uh, out of the, yeah. the hat tomorrow morning. The Redeem <laughs> team would be better.
3: Put the Redeem team in there, too. Oh, mm. I'll put
6: the Redeem team on there. That's a good one. Mm. Let me write that down. Yeah, because right, the, the Dream
3: team's too easy.
6: Dream team's too easy?
3: Yeah, it is.
5: Don't say okay. that, right? <laughs> uh, Neat easy.
3: Well, right. so you've got Robinson and Ewing, right? Stockton, got, Malone, Jordan, Pippen, Clyde, yep.
5: uh, Barkley, Bird. Leitner, Bird, Magic. Where am I at? That's ten. Who am I missing? Chris, uh, Chris Mullins. Mullen. Yeah, that's the one that always gets yep. me. Chris Mullen. Um I and, said uh,
3: Leitner. We got another big man. Uh, you said
5: David Robinson.
3: Yeah, I, I'm talking about a, like a power forward. Who Patrick Ewing, up Shaq, not Shaq. Oh, Malone. Patrick did you get Stockton? And Malone? I said Stockton, Malone. Okay.
6: Did you say all? Did you say you get all the Bulls? Yeah. Okay. Scott Pippen and Jordan, Chief Michael. Yeah. Leitner, Robinson, Ewing, Bird, Pippen, Jordan, Drexler, Malone, Stockton, Mullen, Barkley, Johnson. I think we might have missed Drexler off the top. No, Johnson. we Magic Johnson. Right, yeah, I said No, yeah, we, we got them all. I said all of them. Uh, I must have missed one because I, yeah. I only counted 11, but yeah, th- those are the 12, so maybe I'll just
4: easy, throw that one out of the easy. hat. Easy Okay. Uh, great Swayze. job today by our Could producer, help. audio engineer, <laughs> the one,
3: the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke. Wasn't this fun?
4: This was. I also was researching here things that they should add. Dodgeball, I think, is a good Olympic sport to add. Beer pong was somebody that somebody texted that in. I like that. I think we would be very dominant in beer pong and dodgeball. And I think there was one more UFC fighting. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. In I Georgia. think if you're going to add breaking in, then you can make <laughs> room for these. You're so, like,
6: yeah. really not <laughs> happy about that news. Breaking. How about that? How about that? How
4: about How about that? that? Bird does not <laughs> like yeah. dancers.
5: I do. Show us your face. We want to see your face.
6: Who said that? You want
5: to see
3: my face?
0: Hey, thanks to you for tuning in, texting in, and
3: being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven. Have a great Tuesday, St. Louis. That's right